Who blew up Nord Stream? <laughs> you for sure. I was busy that day. <laughs> Nate, it, do you have... Do you have <laughs> Uh, I did not blow up Nord Stream. Uh, thank you, though. You personally may have an alibi, but the CIA has no such alibi. Do you have evidence that NATO or CIA did it? You know, I won't get into details, but people always say in such cases, look for someone who is interested. But I'm confused. I mean, that's the biggest act of industrial terrorism ever. And it's the largest emission. Joe Biden, too old to be president? Oh, absolutely. He's feeble and he's incapable of completing a sentence or a rational thought. His cognitive skills seems like it's uh, not there, not 100%. to headline news with resistance chicks i'm one of your hosts michelle leah will be joining us very shortly she's letting some puppies out so last night such a huge night literally i think scott kesterson said one of the most important interviews of our lifetime tucker carlson sits down with president vladimir putin and knocks the socks off of the world literally um, there were so many moments in that interview where you are left thinking to yourself, does, does Tucker Carlson even know what he's doing <laughs> from an interview standpoint, Putin really kind of swept the floor with Tucker. You could see visibly as Tucker was interviewing Putin, that he was kind of like shaken um, he was breathing heavy. I could watch, you could watch his chest kind of expand in a, in deep breaths. Um, and Putin didn't hold any punches and he actually called some things out several times for Tucker. He's like, is this going to be an entertain? Is this a serious interview or is this just for entertainment? He said that to him twice in the interview, um, which I just thought was genius of Putin. The first half hour of the interview was really an amazing history les lesson from of Russia, which Tucker admits right at the start, you know, we kind of thought this was going to be a little bit of filibustering um, to avoid actually having to answer questions. And then they then Tucker and his producers quickly realized that in order for Vladimir Putin to have a serious discussion and conversation about Ukraine, and so many other things, he needed to lay a foundation of Russian history where Russia lays claims to, you know, just various um, parts that are even nations now. And so I was really impressed with the interview. This was really bold of Tucker to do. Uh, and there has now been, um, I think it is Hungary has <laughs> a death threat out. Um, for Tucker for even doing this interview with Vladimir Putin, which is hilarious. 
Um, you should be allowed to interview who you want as a reporter and a journalist. You know, I think somebody had come out and said, um, and we may have this clip, I'm not sure. If Tucker had interviewed um, Vladimir Vladimir Zelensky, would ha would then Russia have the right to, to put out a, a, a hit for Tucker? No, they wouldn't. And they wouldn't do that, by the way. Um, so I really enjoyed it. We live streamed it last night with commentary from Scott Kesterson. I didn't know this, but his minor, minor in college was in Russian history. So really fascinating to hear thoughts from Scott. So if you guys missed the interview with Vladimir Putin, I would highly encourage you to go and watch it, um, especially our version of it or on Bards FM Rumble, because it has Scott's commentary before and after, which was really, really helpful. Uh, so definitely enjoyed that. We're going to play some clips today from the interview that Tucker did with Vladimir Zelensky. But before we get into that, really, really on my heart right now is something important. Tomorrow is the long-awaited, and I really mean long-awaited, um, Dan Patch revival that we are doing with um, Tag and Becky Morris in Oxford, Indiana. And I'm really, really excited about this. Um, we had a very long, not very long, but we had a, a long talk with them today. And um, we prayed and we prayed out some really intense things um, that I want to just encourage you guys that when we do these types of things, when we do these revivals, right, it's not just a matter of oh, there's, this is all just a bunch of fluff and then um, everybody goes home and just la-di-da-di-da. We are going into the high places and we are pulling down rulers and principalities and, and Indiana is one of those places that's like a sleeper for demonic, you know, forces that has, they've laid dormant and Leah got a word about this um, python and it's like, we're about to open up the windows of heaven in Indiana and take this down, right? Um, and so if you need a touch of God, if you need a move of God, if you are within driving distance of Oxford, Indiana, I wanna encourage you guys to join us um, tomorrow at five. In, and we'll stay as late as we're staying overnight. So as long as somebody needs prayer, we will be there. And we've got a, a team of people um, we've got, and they may be young, but they're coming. We've got Abigail and Leah and her mom are, you guys have seen on um, the Zoom calls that we did. They're coming all the way from New Jersey. I think Pastor Devonese is going to try to be there. Uh, so I'm just really, really encouraged um, at the support and the um, excitement towards actual change. We're not just playing Christian anymore. We are like, what I'm hearing from you guys is you want actionable steps in the spirit realm, not just in the physical, not just get out the vote or, you know, how can we fix the machines or anything like that? You're like, you're coming to us and you're saying that we understand that this is a spiritual battle and we want to be equipped to take on this spiritual battle because we're not going to win this in the physical. We will win it in the physical, but we're not going to win it by going the conventional routes. We need to be going into the spirit realm with the tools that we have because, and, and I used to say this all the time. Um, 
we used to cover Tommy Robinson in the UK a lot, and he would take on Islam and and radical um, Islamic terrorism and, and all of that. And Tommy is not a Christian. And I love what he does, and I'm, I'm proud of him, and I support him. But when you're going against the demonic, logic is not going to beat them. They will beat you. They will somehow, they will outmaneuver you. They will outthink you. They will out whatever you, because for them, it's bigger than just arguments. You're not going to convince somebody with arguments when they are being led by demons. That applies to every agenda that we are looking at in the United States and around the world. You will never convince somebody that's believing something that can only be believed when you're in a demonic trance, like it is okay to cut off the genitals of children, you're not going to outthink that, right? You can only take that on through the power of God. And, and, um, and in Ephesians, it says that God has appointed prophets and, 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 and teachers and apostles. Why? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And I've been saying this for a while, 2024 is the year where we need to be equipped and you guys need to be equipped. So I wanna encourage you, even if you can't come to watch the live stream, we are going to be live streaming this to Rumble, to Facebook. I think we're gonna be able to live stream it to Facebook. Um, yes, we're gonna make sure that that, I'm gonna make sure that that happens. Um, I think I'm going to take my laptop and we're going to live stream it. So we'll be able to just live stream it to Facebook and to, to rumble, but guys be in prayer. Please be praying for us. Um, as we go into this, because I'm telling you when you take on, um, attacks from the enemy, when you go to do something like this, and it's not just that the enemy is just, if you're not doing anything, the enemy, a lot of times will just leave you the heck alone. Okay. But as soon as you go in to take back territory, I'm telling you, things they the, the devil starts to squirm and when the devil starts to squirm arrows start to fly and if your armor is not perfectly sealed which honestly i don't know anybody anybody's whose is mine included there are going to be arrows that get through right so the devil doesn't have power you know i've got my breastplate of righteousness on so it covers all of my vital organs but you know maybe there's a little piece to the side and that arrow and it stings a little bit, right? Because I haven't shored up all of my armor, which I try to do, um, but it's not always there. It's not always perfect. So um, before Leah gets here, I want to share something with you guys. Um, and I know that you're here for the headline news, but um, this to me is in keeping with what I'm talking about with the, the revival and the spiritual warfare that we're doing. I was going to do this in a separate video, um, but I'm just going to do it right now. I had a dream this week that was so real and so intense. There have been um, several different interpretations to this dream that I have been given. Um, and I'm not saying that any of them are not the proper interpretation. I think that when we have dreams that come from the Lord, that there are multiple interpretations of this dream. So I, if this dream means something to you, take it. If it means something to you, take it. If you get an interpretation, feel free to send it to me. We, I, Leah actually kind of experienced the next day um, this dream for herself. And so we've got kind of a direct interpretation and then a couple of other different ones. Um, but in this dream, 
I was shopping at Home Depot or Lowe's for safety glasses, which I don't know why I was doing that because I have a million safety glasses here, but nonetheless. So they couldn't find them. We couldn't find the section for safety glasses. And I'm like, but there should be a dedicated section for safety glasses. And they come out and they're like, actually, no, we've just discovered that all of the safety glasses have been individually uh, categorized with every set of tools that they go with. So whether it was, um, you know, Ryobi or Dewalt or um, I keep saying Hitachi, but I know Hitachi got bought out by another company, whatever it is, these different brands of tools and they on each safety glasses had their own color to them. And I'm looking at these safety glasses. And then as dreams are weird, the whole background of the store kind of disappears, even though it's late at night, it's like nine or 10 o'clock, you know, the store's getting ready to close. And, um, the whole background changes. And then I'm in somebody's front yard and there's this home behind me. And it's like this old feed and seed store, really, really big like kind of like a barn shaped, but it's, it's this lady's home and she comes out and somehow this, um, that I'm looking for these safe, the, the, the aisle for the safety glasses is still there. Right. But behind me, it's this, I'm standing in grass and there's this house. And so I turn around and she's really upset. She's like, it's really late. And my husband is at this bar and she's crying. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. We're going to leave soon. But because she's crying, my heart goes out to her. And I just went up to her and I said, can we pray for you? And Matt was with me, our friend Matt. And I think Leah was kind of there, but not really in the forefront of the dream. And she said, yes. And she lets us into her house, which is like this old feed store. And we go in and there's this very old looking kind of wall that had these doors that were made out of the same kind of wood that the, the house is, is built out of like, like grayish old barn wood. Right. But this is in her house and she's got a wood burning stove. It's very old feeling. Um, and we're, and I'm on my knees and I'm praying for her and she's crying and she's sobbing and I'm seeing this wall and she looks at this wall. And every time I repeat this, I get goosebumps. So I'm telling you, this is a really powerful dream. She looks at this wall that has these, you know, kind of doors on them. And then underneath of the doors were all these little bays. There was about 12 or 14 of them. So like six at the top and six at the bottom, seven or six or whatever. And they're not that big. They're about this wide. Um, like, so, and, and they're like little doors too, that you could open up, but there's big doors and then the little doors. And she looks at this like walled space and she's crying and she's shaking. And she says, there's demons in there. And this sounds like a nightmare. Okay. But it wasn't a nightmare to me as I was having it. Like it wasn't that I was in any fear actually. And when I woke up from the dream, which I'll, I'm going to continue to tell it to you. When I woke up from the dream, I actually felt very empowered. It was not a scary dream to me at all. It may sound scary to you as I'm telling it like, Oh, Michelle, that sounds like a nightmare. It wasn't, it was not a nightmare for me. So she says, there's demons in there. And I'm like, let's go, right? So I'm going after these demons. So I open up one little door and I didn't see anything, even though it was kind of this bay area. It was like a crawl space. So I'm seeing all these cinder blocks that go all the way down under like the rest of the house. So I open up another door and I see another bay of cinder blocks and I'm looking down, I don't see anything. And I open up this other door and I see the, the these heads of these two children. And in my dream, this is so fascinating to me even now when I tell it to you, in my dream, I knew that there wouldn't be actual children in the crawl space. So I knew instantly, I remember thinking this to myself, well, there wouldn't, if it, it was almost like I was expecting to see something, right? And so I was like, okay, since I know that there's not really children under here, I now know these are demons. This is demonic. And I'm crawling into this space to go 
after them, right? To get them out. That's my job. She's now asked me to do this. Like when she says there's demons in there, she's asked me to get rid of the demons. So I'm kind of crawling into this space and these two heads, they were more like heads, but they were literal like children side by side like this. And they were hissing at me. And as I kind of went in to go to go toward them, one of them rushed at me like super, super fast. And I grabbed it with like the, the palm of my hand like this. I grabbed the head and I tossed it behind me. And I said to the lake of fire, right? So I'm tossing this demon into the lake of fire, never to return. But what was so interesting to me, and it's still fascinating to me now, when I've recounted this story already, I usually start speaking in tongues because it was so intense. Um, I was trying to speak out lake of fire with my real physical mouth, because I don't know if you guys have ever had these kind of dreams, where you're speaking out you're you're trying to actually say something but because you're asleep you're you can't really move your muscles very well which actually makes it so that in your dream you can't speak i know you guys have experienced this right it happens to me fairly frequently and so i was so forcefully trying to say this and, and i've actually had dreams just like this where i needed to say the name of jesus really loudly to to stop a, something demonic and I'm trying to say, and I'm trying so hard to say it that I'm physically trying to say it. And then I'm like mumbling it in my dream. So in this dream, I literally remember it sounded like I said, I said, like a fire like that. Like I couldn't get it out because I'm trying to use my mouth. Um, but I did say it and I said it so forcefully that I woke myself up like that when I said lake of fire and I tossed this thing into the lake of fire, I woke myself straight up and it was like intense but like i said this was not a nightmare for me this was empowering like i felt so strong i was not afraid i was fearless now i did kind of fall back asleep um and i guess i probably finished out you know getting rid of the other demon or whatever i don't remember the rest of it but i kept waking up telling myself to get up and write this dream down because it was so intense but what i took away from this dream that was so powerful to me is that we do not need to be afraid of anything. And I mean anything. And I know I quote this scripture on the show all the time, but I'm going to keep quoting it because it's really powerful. Jesus said, behold, I have given you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by enemy any means harm you. And so we come day in and day out, we face issues. And a lot of times they are an attack from the devil because our armor has some holes in it and the devil's getting in and we need to know the authority that we have and we have authority over all the power of the enemy not just a little bit not just halfway we have power over all the power of the enemy and i felt that in this dream and so i'm not one of those people that says there's a demon under every rock and every time you turn around but i'm going to tell you this there is God, there is Holy Spirit, there is Jesus Christ, and there's everything that's not that. And everything that is not that is evil. And everything that is evil is in constant uh, con contrast and opposition of Jesus, Holy Spirit, God the Father, and goodness. Okay, and so this constant opposition is a constant clashing. And a lot of times we get bowled over in our day in and day out lives 
because we don't know how to properly overcome the evil one. And so it's like in wrestling. Um, when you are trying to get over top of somebody, you don't talk your way or convince your way or tell them, I'm going to get over top of you. You just maneuver and you do it, right? And so in our lives, we, act, we need to learn how to wrestle and maneuver and be over top of the attacks of the devil. And so how do we do that? Going with your spiritual armor. First and foremost, Leah talked about this on Revelation Red Pill Wednesday, putting on your helmet of salvation, right? Putting on your breastplate of righteousness. How do you put on your breastplate of righteousness? It's as, it's as simple as it sounds. Is your life righteous? Are you living a, a righteous life? Have you kicked out all things that are unrighteous in your life? It's that simple. And your breastplate of righteousness covers all of your vital organs. That's literally, to me, next to the helmet of salvation, the most important piece of spiritual armor that every human being needs to be wearing is your breastplate of righteousness, okay? Because you can be out there with your belt of truth and know all the truth or stuff and all this, that, and the other. You can even be there with your sword of the spirit, and uh, which is the word of God, and be preaching scripture all day long. And you can have all the faith in the world that you want. And you can have shoes of the gospel of peace, but if you don't have, you can have your shield of, I said, I think I said that your shield of faith, but if you don't have a breastplate of righteousness, those enemies from the evil one, they will hit you every single time. Okay. And so I want to just encourage you guys to be in the word, be kicking out all unrighteousness in your life. You know, Jesus said when the disciples came and they're like, Jesus, they, they couldn't cast out these demons. Like, why couldn't we cast them out? And Jesus said, well, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting, living this kind of life that is totally in zone, right? Oh, Michelle, that's so tiring. It's exhausting. Yeah, it actually is. It's, it is kind of exhausting to live on all the time in the spirit, but I'm here for it right? Like this, these are the times that we live in. This is one of the most perilous times in, in, in recent history. And I go back, I say recent as in like the last century that we have ever lived. Oh my gosh, Michelle, we've had so much. We've, we had the Korean war. We had world war one. We had world war two. Um, we've had, you know, just so many things that have happened in the last century. And you're saying right now is one of the most perilous times. Yeah. For your soul, because the, we are, we were just on the phone with Scott Kesterson talking about this October or excuse me, April 8th total solar eclipse event that we're going to be doing revival. And I keep getting in the spirit that that everything is going to shift and it's going to be beautiful and wonderful for a lot of people that are ready, but for people that are not ready for those that are unrighteous and unprepared, this is a time of judgment and it is a time of justice and it is going to be a time of chaos for them. And we need to be ready. We absolutely unequivocally need to be ready. So how do you get ready? Number one, get in the word. Like seriously, that is your, that's going to be your weapon day in and day out. Get in the word. Number two, start praying in the Holy Spirit. Oh, Michelle, I don't, I don't, uh, that's speaking in tongue stuff. It's not for me. It's kind of weird. It freaks me out. Just ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up with everything that God wants to give you. Say, God, I surrender my whole life to you. I surrender my tongue to you, my mind, my will, my emotions. I give it all to you and start praying in the spirit. 
because that is how we pray out deep mysteries of God. Paul says, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than all of you because he's praying out deep mysteries. He says that no man understands. I think it's in John that says, if we pray anything according to the will of the Lord, then we know that we have what we ask. But how do you know how to pray out the perfect will of God? A lot of times we don't. You need to pray that out in the spirit. You need to be ready, spiritually equipped, because the church has been losing for the past 100 years for two reasons. Number one, the belief in a false end times theology that says things must get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse in order for Jesus to come back because it keeps the church sitting on their hands and not doing anything. And two, by not operating in a mindset that says we live out of heaven, we pray from heaven, from victory down to earth, all power and authority has been given to us and it is our job to manifest the kingdom of God on the earth. I am a king, I am a priest, full stop. The church doesn't preach that. I don't know why it doesn't sell books, but apparently it does. <laughs> it doesn't, but it is starting to, or you guys wouldn't have been with us for 47 episodes of Revelation Red Pill, which I'm so proud of you guys for. This past week, we, um, we spoke on Revelation Red Pill Wednesday, and I do promise we're going to get to the news. Leah's just running behind, so this is really nice for me to have my own show. Um, we spoke about what it means to cross over, what it means to die but not die. And honestly, um, for those of you that don't know, Kirby passed away this week, and we dedicated that episode to him. Honestly, it's, it's one of the most important episodes that we've ever done because life and death affect every single human being because you're either alive or you're dead. And what does the Bible talk about, say about life? What does it say about death? What does it say about what and who you are and what is the status of your being once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You're now alive. You have died to yourself. You've already died. The Bible says the second death has no hold on you, right? And so Kirby's more alive than he ever was when he was alive. And I want to encourage you guys to go and watch the film After Death. It's available to rent on all the, the big places like Amazon Prime and Apple TV and YouTube and whatever. When you listen to these stories, there's this one lady, she says this, and we played the, the trailer on Wednesday. I never felt dead. Like she, she died and then came back to life. She said, I never felt dead. I only felt alive and then more alive. And we have this major misconception of what it means to actually live, to be alive, to be alive in Christ. The Paul says to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I know that most people, when they quote that scripture, they, they you almost say it like very nobly, like some sort of Klingon warrior death, like it was a good death. No. To die is literally to become more alive than you ever were before. And this is not preached in the pulpits. And so we took literally an entire Revelation Red Pill episode to walk you guys through the things that are not being talked about in churches today because people fear talking about death because people don't understand it, but they used to. It's new that we don't, we can't conceive of what real life is and what happens to you when your body ceases to exist and you are freed from this shell. The pilgrims knew it. They totally understood it. They understood that their journey here on this life 
was intended to store up treasures in heaven and that when they died, they didn't cease being and existing. Right now, I can tell you that Kirby is still working for the kingdom of God. And I'm not just talking about coming back as some sort of angel like every movie you've ever seen being given some sort of job and the person just weird. That's not it. I mean, that's such a joke. You rule and you reign and you continue to move. And Hebrews 11 and 12 talks about the great cloud of witnesses. Behold, you are, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And they are not just onlookers. Like I kid you not, they're not just sitting there looking on going, I hope they do this right. Their prayers still reach heaven. Do you know? And this is where, I, I'm sorry, I'm about to defend the Catholics a little bit and y'all can have a hissy fit and leave, I don't care. This is where the idea comes from that you can pray to the saints, okay? I do not believe in praying to the saints at all. But I know this, that when you die, you yourself still talk to and plead with the Lord, this is in scripture, okay? Like, so yes, they can still pray and contend and their prayers reach the throne of heaven. They absolutely do. So no, I don't need them to pray for me. I can talk, it's the beautiful thing that I can talk to God myself, but they can talk to God themselves too. And I think that people think that when you die and you go to heaven, then you're not talking to God and asking him and contending for what's going on on earth anymore. You know why they're contending for what's going on on earth? Because the entire goal and mission of all Christendom is for the kingdom of heaven to invade earth fully. And I had somebody that left a comment. I didn't get a chance to address it on um, the show. And forgive me for paraphrasing here um, about how earth is the final destination for everything because when Jesus returns, everybody in heaven and earth comes to earth. And then somebody else was leaving a comment. And they're like, yeah, but like, and I could see it was a genuine conversation. Like, but I don't think that all those people are going to fit on earth. They're not going to fit on earth. That's, that's guys, it's a misunderstanding and something that is not really conceivable that earth is the final destination for everything. And that you're going to then get your earthly body back. Do you know that your heavenly body is more real than your earthly body? It would be a downgrade for you to get back into your earthly body. When Jesus became man, it was a downgrade for him. He condescended to become like man, a lesser being than his spiritual being. You do, when you get to heaven, you're not just some sort of ethereal ghost waiting to get a body back again, 2,000, 10,000, however many years it's going to be later for your resurrected body for you to be real again. You are more real when you shed your body than you were when you had it. Do I need to say that again? You will be more real when you shed your body than you were when you had your body. I don't want this body again. That is not what the resurrection is talking about. And we can have hissy fits and fights about it all day long. But I'm here to tell you something. Earth is not the final destination. The kingdom of heaven is. Earth is not the, the end all and be all of everything. The kingdom of heaven is. And the, the be all and end all of everything is when all of heaven invades all of earth. And nobody knows what kind of world that looks like. But I can tell you this. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, what, or nor has it entered into the heart of man 
what God has prepared for us. And that's not just in heaven. That is what is coming. And it is our job to hasten that descending of the kingdom of heaven into earth. So there's my rant. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it. So here's what I want to do. I want to play for you guys some of this um, interview with Vladimir Putin. It was so, so, so powerful. And um, I absolutely loved how Putin held his ground and the conversation was so, it was deep on Putin's part. Tucker, he did ask some hard questions. And at the end, Putin even admitted, now you're asking some of the harder questions. Um, but it was Putin that was keeping the level at, at that high level. It wasn't Tucker. And I love Tucker. I do. But this, this interview was, hang on a second, there's Leah. Hey, is everything okay? Oh, it's a, eight o'clock. That's okay. We've been going. We're getting ready to play some of the interview. I'm going to hang up. I'll see you when you get here. Okay, bye. Um, Putin is the one that kept this inter this this level at the highest level. Like, all, all props to Putin. Just so good. So we're going to kick this off at the beginning of the interview. Um, I'm going to skip through here. I've got Scott's commentary but we're going to get to Tucker here where he kind of gives a little bit of the all right let's make this big and go to the screen share oh that's the wrong one all right we'll talk I'm going to toss this over no I'm not hang on let me get this into the right browser so that I have all my ducks in a row but um Michelle, are you shilling for Putin? No, but I do love the man. And I love that he's trying to make his nation Christian again. And I love that he's putting families first. And I love that um, he doesn't feel the need to explain himself to anyone. He gave Tucker this interview. It almost felt like a favor. You know what I mean? For Tucker, not the, because he's trying to prove anything. And at the end, Tucker asks him, to release this prisoner reporter who's 34 years old um, that's there. And the way that uh, Putin answered the question isn't exactly how the rest of us would want the question to be answered. But uh, it was very skillfully done. And that's what Putin does best. So here we go. The obvious question, which is why did you do this? Did you feel a threat, an imminent physical threat? And that's your justification. And the answer we got shocked us. Putin went on for a very long time, probably half an hour, about the history of Russia going back to the 8th century. And honestly, we thought this was a filibustering technique and found it annoying and interrupted him several times. And he responded he was annoyed uh, by the interruption. But we concluded in the end, for what it's worth, that it was not a filibustering technique. There was no time limit on the interview. We ended it after more than two hours. Instead, what you're about to see seemed to us sincere, whether you agree with it or not. Vladimir Putin believes that Russia has a historic claim to parts of Western Ukraine. So our opinion would be to view it in that light as a sincere expression of what he thinks. And with that, 
Here it is. Mr. President, thank you. On February 22nd, 2022, you addressed your country in a nationwide address when the conflict in Ukraine started. And you said that you were acting because you had come to the conclusion that the United States through NATO might initiate a quote, surprise attack on our country. And to American ears, that sounds paranoid. Tell us why you believe the United States might strike Russia out of the blue. How did you conclude that? It's not that America, the United States, was going to launch a surprise strike on Russia. I didn't say that. Are we having a talk show or a serious conversation? <laughs> Here's the quote. Thank you. It's a formidable serious talk. Because your basic education is in history, as far as I understand. Yes. So, if you don't mind, I will take only 30 seconds or one minute to give you a short reference to history for giving you a little historical background. Please. <coughs> Let's look where our relationship with Ukraine started from. Where did Ukraine come from? The Russian state started gathering itself as a centralized statehood and it is considered to be the year of the establishment of the Russian state in 862. When the townspeople of Novgorod invited a Varangian prince, Rurik, from Scandinavia to reign. In 1862, Russia celebrated the 1,000th anniversary of its statehood. And in Novgorod there is a memorial dedicated to the 1,000th anniversary of the country. In 882, Rurik's successor, Prince Oleg, who was actually playing the role of regent at Rurik's young son, because Rurik had died by that time, came to Kiev. He ousted two brothers, who apparently had once been members of Rurik's squad. So Russia began to develop with two centers of power, Kiev and Novgorod. The next very significant date in the history of Russia was 988. This was the baptism of Russia, when Prince Vladimir, the great-grandson of Rurik, baptized Russia and adopted Orthodoxy, or Eastern Christianity. From this time, the centralized Russian state began to strengthen. Why? Because of the single territory, integrated economic ties, one and the same language and, after the baptism of Russia, the same faith, because I have now gone to Leah's Twitter. We're going to, and Leah has a ton of highlight clips from the interview, because the first part of this interview is all um, about the history of Russia, which is great and fascinating, but because of tonight's show, because of the time crunch we're gonna be on, especially when Leah actually gets here, um, we're gonna just go through these clips without her. And, uh, 
so you guys can get the highlights of the interview. I just got to ask you one last question, and that's about this Evan Gershkovitz, who's the Wall Street Journal reporter. He's 32 and he's been in prison for almost a year. And I just want to ask you directly if as a sign of your decency, you would be willing to release him to us and we'll bring him back to the United States. We have done so many and gestures of goodwill out of decency that I think we have run out of them. We have never seen anyone reciprocate to us in a similar manner. However, in theory, we can say that we do not rule out that we can do that if our partners take reciprocal steps. What makes this difference is the guy's obviously not a spy, he's a kid, and maybe he was breaking your law in some way, but he's not a super spy and everybody knows that and he's being held hostage in exchange, which is true. With respect, it's true and everyone knows it's true. So maybe he's in a different category. Maybe it's not fair to ask for you know somebody else in exchange for letting him out. Maybe it degrades Russia to do that. He was receiving classified confidential information and he did it covertly. I mean, this is a 32-year-old like, newspaper. He committed something different. He's not just a journalist. I reiterate, he He's a journalist who was secretly giving confidential information. I do not rule out that the person you refer to, Mr. Gershkovitz, may return to his motherland. By the end of the day, it does not make any sense to keep him in prison in Russia. I hope you let him out. I'm glad that Tucker actually said that at the end. I hope you let him out. I, at that part, that part of the interview, I was actually really proud of Tucker um, because that's he did not pull back anything tucker really pressed into that like will you let him go will you let us take him with us now he, of course putin said no um we're not essentially not going to let let you take him 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 with you putin held his ground and said no he committed espionage and uh and so no we're not letting him go however tucker pressed back and i was really proud of him in that moment because i i can only imagine how difficult that probably was for tucker to do really bold brave so I just want to make sure I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying. I don't think that I am. I think you're saying you want a negotiated settlement to what's happening in Ukraine. Right. And we made it. We prepared the huge document in Istanbul that was initialed by the head of the Ukrainian delegation. He affixed his signature to some of the provisions, not to all of it. He put his signature and then he himself said, we were ready to sign it and the war would have been over long ago, 18 months ago. However, Prime Minister Johnson came, talked us out of it, and we missed that chance. Well, you missed it, you made a mistake, let them get back to that, that is all. Why do we have to bother ourselves and correct somebody else's mistakes? I know one can say it is our mistake. It was us who intensified the situation and decided to put an end to the war that started in 2014 in Donbas, as I have already said, by means of weapons. Let me get back to furthering history. I already told you this. We were just discussing it. Let us go back to 1991, when we were promised that NATO would not expand, to 2000 when the doors to NATO opened to the Declaration of State Sovereignty of Ukraine, declaring Ukraine a neutral state. Let us go back to the fact that NATO and US military bases started to appear on the territory of Ukraine, creating threats to us. Let us go back to coup d'etat in Ukraine in 2014. It is pointless though, isn't it? We may go back and forth endlessly, but they stopped negotiations.
Is it a mistake? Yes. Correct it. We are ready. So, you know, when we're talking about um, the actual war in Ukraine, what Russia did, what Putin laid out in the beginning of the interview, like I said, was really his justification, not just because NATO was pushing on the borders of Russia, but also because of the war that was started in the Donbass region in 2014. He said we were completing that. When he talks about denazification, unfortunately, what the left has done over, you know, since Trump, essentially, Nazi, 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 is they it's been this word has become so sullied they have literal nazis there that are tormenting and torturing those people and so putin has stepped in and literally said enough is enough so there's two different things that are going on here we've got the fact that nato is pushing on the borders and moving toward toward russia in a very posturing stance Right. And then you've got this other denazification that has needed to happen that no one has done anything about and is just glad to let it go on. Right. And so Putin essentially is like, let me give you a little history lesson here, Tucker, for how we even ended up here. Right. So let's go ahead and play this next one. Who blew up Nord Stream? <laughs> you for sure. This is funny. I was busy that day. <laughs> Nate, it, do you have, do you have, uh, I did not blow up Nord Stream. Uh, thank you, though. You personally may have an alibi, but the CIA has no such alibi. Do, do you have evidence that NATO or the CIA did it? You know, I won't get into details, but people always say in such cases, look for someone who is interested. But I'm confused. I mean, that's the biggest act of industrial terrorism ever. And it's the largest emission of CO2 in, in history. Okay, so if you had evidence, and presumably given your security services, your intel services, you would, that NATO, the US, CIA, the West did this, why wouldn't you present it and win a propaganda victory? <laughs> in the war of propaganda, it is very difficult to defeat the United States because the United States controls all the world's media and many European media. The ultimate beneficiary of the biggest European media are American financial institutions. Don't you know that? So it is possible to get involved in this work, but it is cost prohibitive, so to speak. We can simply shine the spotlight on our sources of information and we will not achieve results. So, I, Putin is one of the funniest world leaders alive. I don't, is there a funnier one? Mm, I mean, besides Joe doesn't intend to be, but and we're going to talk about that today. No, even, probably even not. Tucker's not. No, I mean, world even, leader, I world mean, leader. I meant Trump. Trump, but yeah, Trump's Even Trump's funny. not funny like that. Putin means to be funny. Okay, he like literally, he laughs. There's a, there, if you watch that interview, for two solid hours, that man has sparkles in his eyes of humor. He's laughing at Tucker, and Tucker knows it, which is hilarious, right? He's literally, look at I this I'm about to show you. He's laughing the whole time, okay? This is, this one's really good. I like this clip here. Do the United States need this? What for? Look at the smile in his eyes. Thousands of miles away from your national territory. 
Don't you have anything better to do? You have issues on the border, issues with migration, issues with the national debt, more than 33 trillion dollars. You have nothing better to do, so you should fight in Ukraine? Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia? Make an agreement, already understanding the situation that is developing today? Do the United States need this? What for? Okay, I think we'll play that right. So here's the here's the funny thing about this to me, okay? The whole thing. Um, Don't you have anything better to do? You have invaders coming over. All this walk- money that has been spent. 78 billion. billion with a B, that's with a B. Billion dollars to Ukraine. And we've got, we literally, do you know how many people we have suffering in the United States right now? Well, it's even worse than that. How much did uh, they say the wall was going to be? Four billion. Right. That looks like Trump change. Trump change? Trump change. Trump change. Well, Trump will bring a change. Trump change. Trump change. They okay. literally were like, we don't have the money. We don't have the money. We don't have the money. We but we had the, the money. money to send it all to one tiny little country, which is the most corrupt country in the Western world. Liar, liar. Pants Your pants are, are on fire. On fire. Fire, fire, absolutely. The president of Ukraine visited Canada. This story is well known, but being silenced in the Western countries. The Canadian Parliament introduced a man who, as the Speaker of the Parliament said, fought against the Russians during the World War II. Well, who fought against the Russians during the World War II? Hitler and his accomplices. It turned out that this man served in the SS troops. He personally killed Russians, Poles and Jews. The SS troops consisted of Ukrainian nationalists who did this dirty work. The president of Ukraine stood up with the entire parliament of Canada and applauded this man. How can this be imagined? The president of Ukraine himself, by the way, is a Jew by nationality. Really my question is what do you do about it? I mean, Hitler's been dead for 80 years, Nazi Germany no longer exists. And so, true, and so I think what you're saying is you want to extinguish or at least control Ukrainian nationalism, but how? How do you do that? Listen to me. Your question is very subtle, and I can tell you what I think. Do not take offense. Of course. This question appears to be subtle. It is quite pesky. You say Hitler has been dead for so many years, 80 years, but his example lives on. People who exterminated Jews, Russians and Poles are alive. And the president, the current president of today's Ukraine applauds him in the Canadian parliament gives a standing ovation. Can we say that we have completely uprooted this ideology if what we see is happening today? That is what denazification is in our understanding. We have to get rid of those people who maintain this concept and support this practice and try to preserve it. That is what denazification is. That is what we mean. Right, Mike. That's good. That was really good. All right, we've got, I think, one or two more here. Um, so did you give them, sorry guys, I, I'm just coming down the show. Did you give them a summation of what yeah. you felt like the, the speech oh, was yeah, about? I did. 
I was really intrigued. Um, guys, I don't, I can't sit down for a movie. I can't, I don't do well. I don't do well with TV. I don't, I, I, you can't, nothing like that keeps my attention. Okay, movies very rarely ever keep my attention. If I, if I tell you I watched a movie or a show, um, it, it probably is going to keep your attention. So I sat there for two hours. Mm -hmm. and, and it went by like so quickly. I was learning, listen, um, the, the history lesson that, that he actually gave. Mm -hmm. And do we have that clip from the guy who talked about the history lesson that he gave? Uh, no. If it's on your Twitter, I haven't played it yet. Okay. And I did also didn't play Tucker's own summation. It's okay. like nine minutes long. Mm -hmm. I haven't okay. played that yet. Yeah. So um, what he did, and, and, and some people turned it off. And I can tell the people who truly want peace, the people who truly actually want to understand the world, will would have would in, would have enjoyed listening to the whole thing mm -hmm. because you're soaking up knowledge and i've seen i've seen so many people even conservatives or or even people in the middle sebastian gorka was he blasted you know is a putin apologist blah 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 you have to understand that history does not happen in a uh, vacuum mm. and we as americans have been told one side of history he went back to 600 a.d Okay, and he lined things up and he explained things. And one of the things I actually really appreciated was how he talked about the Soviet Union mm -hmm. as a separate thing. He talked about Russia mm -hmm. and he did not talk about Stalin and Lenin as part of Russia. He actually basically called them a cancer mm. on Russia mm -hmm. and, the, and the mother, mother Russia. Okay, motherland. And he actually kind of he called out communism and but he did so in a delicate way because um i don't know if we've got this clip but he talked about the dollar mm -hmm. and he said before the war in ukraine 80 percent of their trade was done in the dollar which helped the dollar's dominance mm -hmm. but then the sanctions are saying that russians can't use the dollar i mean they've had to close down uh, credit cards won't work you can't use a visa i mean like they've had to revamp and and when you look at what this what this does and and we say we're pushing them towards China. Yeah, and they and, and the world knows that. And the West wants that. And they want this alliance of good versus evil. They 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 thrive off of it. Mm -hmm. And what Putin said was, we aren't going to do your we're not playing your game. Yeah. Because Tucker said, Do you see an alliance happening between the BRICS nations and the West? And he said, I'm not this is my this is my interpretation. I'm not playing your stupid game. You can put us in boxes. You can put us in left and right. You can put us in, 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 you know, the East versus the West. You keep trying to do it. And I'm not playing your game. Now, listen, I need to trade with somebody. We used to trade with Ukraine. We were one with Ukraine. We did. We literally had um, one business that made one part in Ukraine and the other business made another part in Russia. And we were intertwined. You started a feud that didn't need to be. Mm -hmm. They had found a way after the Soviet Union to live together, not in peace, but in complete harmony. Mm -hmm. The Eastern part of Ukraine is Russian. You don't say that, and people have to understand, Ukraine is a new country. It's a, it's, mm -hmm. it's a fake country. It's fake. Yeah. And you're sitting over here, you know, worried about Israel going back and Jews going back to the, the, the land of their promised land, right? And what about Hamas? And what about this thing? He's not asking for Ukraine back. Okay. It was broken up. Hungary, Poland. These are historical facts. He's like, you can Google it, mm -hmm. right? 
These are all historical facts. The, the, the 19th, the, the 20th century saw many new countries created out of, no, out of nowhere. Jordan, Lebanon, Israel, Ukraine. And to say that, that, that Russia is, doesn't have a right to protect its borders, is they, and I like what he said, was we tried to get into your game. So we went to Russia in 1995. Our uncle started uh, Procter & Gamble in Russia. After the wall fell, they didn't have any manufacturing goods that were, um, they didn't have any real manufacturing goods. Do we have any of those pictures here? No, I think we took the pictures upstairs. Okay. Um, and I was uh, a freshman in high school. Michelle was sixth grade, seventh grade. I had just finished my fifth grade year. Okay. And I had so to leave school the last week. You had to, to go. Right. Yeah. So we went over there and we experienced Russia shortly after the wall fell, which is around 1990. And so we, we went out and they did, they were, they were still really, really poor. And, um, they wanted everything Western. They wanted baseball caps. They wanted jeans. They wanted anything. They tried to buy things from you. And what's funny is that we were made fun of because we were wearing shorts and gym shoes, Americans with their shorts and gym shoes. And now when I when I turn on the the the, the like Russian like news, they're all walking around in shorts. And there was gym one shoes. gym shoe shop in like all of Moscow. Yeah, and we went there, and the gym shoes were like back then very very expensive, like one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, um, so so expensive, and no one wore gym shoes. And the women, the shoes that they wore had metal on the bottom because they didn't want them to wear out on because the they walked skin. everywhere, the and they would have worn through their high heels. Mm -hmm. They had metal on their shoes. I mean, it's just fascinating to mm -hmm. see. The, the difference is um, we there was a little tiny store. And when I say tiny store, I mean like the size of a bathroom. Um, down below, my uncle lived in a giant apartment building. Um, but his apartment was massive. I mean, I think he had like it's where all the 15 or 16 foot ceilings. Um, but, uh, but at the very bottom of it and like over a little bit was this tiny, tiny little hole in the wall little shop store. And for we would, the American expats, it was for... Yes. And we would go in there and we would get all this, like, these American Pringles snacks. Pringles and Baskin Robbins. And, and like, back then it was peanut butter Ritz crackers or something like that. And um, and it was so expensive, but we didn't care. We just, you know, spent all of our money. Because we couldn't understand how to eat Russian food. It, the Russian food was a little bit difficult. And we actually tried Pizza Hut in Russia. It had next to no cheese on it. It wasn't very good. And the McDonald's did not taste like McDonald's, but they had a McDonald's. Now they have all these restaurants everywhere, but post COVID and not, not post COVID post war with Ukraine, um, they've down. shut everything down. But here's the cool thing. This is the greatest they thing ever. They took them over. They just took them over. They just changed the name and they're just like cooking the same, t the same food, which McDonald's, is a different name. Still, the McDonald's is still And operating. what is McDonald's going to do? Are they going to take them to a wor world court over this? No, no. Like they if just you're took leaving, it over. we just took over your building. We took it over, and we we're just going to continue to service people Same with your stuff. Same thing with like Coke and Pop and stuff. They're still yeah. manufacturing under and, different And here's names. the cool thing: because they have a Coke manufacturing plant in Russia, and so all of these, all of the things that would go into making Pizza Hut and McDonald's, it's all made there. Imagine living in a. No, imagine this for one second. Imagine living in a country where everything that you need is made in that country. Mm -hmm. well, That's kind of Russia has is becoming insular. I wouldn't say that everything. So um, Matt shared with us a video of a guy who went to an Aldi. I, I don't know if we showed it to you guys in Aldi in um, Russia. Well, it wasn't an Aldi. It was an Aldi style store. And um, you could tell that it was stocked with stuff from China. Mm -hmm. 
you know. And so the relations. Well, no, but that's why Russia has really good relations with China. That's what I was getting to. Okay, I'm sorry. No, yeah, that's right. That's and so we're we're pushing these these. You know, Russia is trying to leave the communism, but we're pushing them into the into the arms of the Chinese because mm -hmm. Putin says something in the interview and he said because the Chinese are not trying, they don't, they're not trying to push with war. And I would push back with Putin. He doesn't have a choice, mm -hmm. right? He doesn't have a choice. Uh, the Chinese are affecting war, not with guns and bullets, but right. ideological war and Economics. economic war. And COVID obviously was mm -hmm. a war, right? right. So um, yeah, let's go ahead and play another clip. But those are some of my thoughts. I appreciated the history lesson. I um, It put together history that I already knew to be history. Mm -hmm. The United States need this? What for? Thousands of miles away from your national territory. Don't you have anything better so to do? Okay. Okay. You have issues on the border, issues with migration, issues with the national debt, okay. more than... Leah didn't think we'd already played that one. But we I think because I think there's another part when he talks about the national debt and he talks about inflation. Do you want to play um, this? Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's grab this is Tucker's actual So own he's sitting there commentary. Afterwards, now listen. You just interviewed the would be, as everybody would say, the dictator of all dictators. Yeah. I don't think he is. Um I would be I honestly would be You're way more shaky. afraid in, to be sitting in front of like Guy Verhostadt or something like that. Um but yeah, I mean this is this is historic. I don't even know, Tucker has nerves of steel. Mm -hmm. He does, actually. Uh, we're in an anti-room in the Kremlin, um, waiting for our car to come, having a cup of coffee. I'm sitting here with the folder, kind of old-fashioned, I haven't even opened it yet, of documents that uh, Putin gave me. I've got my nighttime reading. That was quite an interview. Uh, it, it began in a way I didn't expect at all. I'm still thinking it through, this just happened, so I... My thoughts are inchoate, but um, I asked him, of course, the obvious question, which is, you know, why did you move against Ukraine uh, two years ago, February 2022? And he had said that he felt a physical threat from NATO within Ukraine, and he was worried they were going to bring nuclear weapons in Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. So I asked him about that. He launched into, it, well, you'll see it, you'll see it, but a, an extremely detailed history going back to the ninth century of the formation of Russia from the tribes into a nation and Ukraine's part in that and uh, the Rus and and I, you know, I was annoyed and I thought, look, I just, you know, I, first of all, I'm American, so I ask you a specific question, I want a specific answer, let's go. And he wouldn't and I thought, and so I pushed him and he got annoyed and I was annoyed and I thought he was filibustering and maybe he was to some extent, but I concluded after watching all this, no, he, uh, he, that was his answer, or that was the predicate to his answer. The history of the area and the formation of his country and the connection to Ukraine is like the basis or part of the basis yeah. for his Ukraine policy. So um, it was it was really interesting. Got much more interesting once I realized what this was, which is a window into how he thinks about the region. So we're back in the hotel room. Uh, it's, I don't know, probably around 10 o'clock at night. Um, we were there for almost five hours in the Kremlin, which is quite an experience if you've read about the Kremlin your whole life, as I have. Um, not that different from the old executive office buildings, giant pile, 19th century uh, warren of offices. Anyway, um, 
Putin was a couple hours late, as is his habit, apparently. Everyone who works for him is laughing at what he's always late. Um, but that, you know, I'm not exactly sure what I thought of the interview. It just happened. It's probably going to take me a year to really uh, decide what that was. Um, but a couple of quick perceptions. One, um, Putin is not someone who does a lot of interviews. Well, really any interviews. He's not an interview in almost four years. Um, he's not good at explaining himself, I didn't think. He's smart. There's no, I'm just, no question about that. Um, but he's clearly spending a lot of time in a world where he doesn't have to explain himself. So he, I, uh, sort of piecing to, that's one of the reasons I'm having trouble thinking about the interview as a whole, because he didn't sort of lay out his case very coherently, though if you listen carefully, and we were there for a long time talking to him, a couple of things rose to the surface. One, he's very wounded, and I suggest this, but of course he denied it, but it's obvious, he's very wounded by the rejection of the West. The United States doesn't like Russia, the US government doesn't like Russia. I think like a lot of Russians, he expected the end of the Cold War would be sort of Russia's invitation into Europe or sort of into Europe because it is a European country that's half in Asia. Uh, but there's a lot that's European about it. And if you come to Moscow, it's a very European city. You see it and you can feel it culturally. Um, and the West rejected Russia. And maybe, you know, I'm not even taking sides in this. Maybe there were good reasons. I don't know what they, what they would be. But, um, but in case the West was determined not to be allied with Russia, that's very obvious. That's the whole point of NATO, I guess is to contain Russia. Um, and Putin is wounded by it. He's very upset about it. His eyes flashed uh, when we talked about that, as we did, you know, for probably over an hour. Um, he didn't have a coherent theory that he was willing to tell me anyway as to why that is. Um, Russia's not an expansionist power. Sorry. You're not supposed to say that because all the Tory and New Ones and all the liars and ideologues who run the State Department um, want to make him into this, you know, Hitler, Imperial Japan. But the truth is that that's just false. It's just stupid, actually. You have to be an idiot to think that. Russia's too big already. It's the biggest landmass in the world. They only have 150 million people. And they've got, you know, 80-some effectively provinces or semi-independent states, but different nationalities and religions and languages. And, I mean, imagine managing all that. They've got more than enough natural resources. They're, they're swimming in natural resources. They don't have enough people, in their view. So the idea that they want to take over Poland, why would you want to do that? Um, they just want secure borders. Maybe they're too paranoid about it. Totally possible. Again, not taking sides. But the idea that they're going to roll into Vienna or something, you'd have to be like an idiot to think that. It's just not true. There's no evidence of it, actually. And the professional liars in Washington really don't know anything about the area or really anything about the world beyond New York have convinced themselves or anything is trying to convince you that this guy's Hitler and he's trying to take this to Aidenland or something. It's like not analogous in any way. Whatever Putin's many faults, okay, um, it's not an expansionist power. So uh, I can't even recall my point exactly, other than he is, to the extent he's angry and mm. that it's obvious, mm -hmm. he's angry because he feels like, whoa, why, you know, I thought we were gonna be friends. Um, and again, maybe that's his fault, but he's definitely mad about it. Uh, and the second thing I would say, which I thought was kind of, kind of really striking is that he was willing to admit that he wants a peace deal in Ukraine. 
um, and sort of give it away and just sort of say that out loud. He said it a couple of different times. Again, maybe he's lying in ways I didn't perceive, but he kept saying it. I, mean, I don't know why he would say it if he didn't mean it. Um, and of course there is, as a matter of fact, uh, there is evidence overwhelming that there was a peace deal or part of a peace deal at the beginning of peace talks, a settlement of some sort on the table a year and a half ago that the former prime minister of Great Britain, Boris Johnson, scuttled on behalf of the Biden administration and convinced Zelensky and the Ukrainian government not to enter into these talks. I mean, that's kind of an established fact. The Israelis were there, they revealed this, and that happened. So, but Putin, for his part, again, you know, even talking about Putin, you feel like you're flacking for Putin. I'm from La Jolla, California, not flacking for Putin. I'm, you know, please. Um, I'm just trying to assess this rationally. Uh, it's interesting that he's willing to say, yeah, I want some kind of settlement. And the final thing I'll say is that if you're wondering who the lunatics are, um, U.S. officials have said on the record and have said to me um, and are telling a bunch of people that part of the terms have to be Russia giving up Crimea. Mm. And without getting into the whole history of Crimea, um, here are the facts. It's, you know, the home of Russia's warm water fleet. It's got a Russian population. They had a referendum. It chose Russia. Uh, it's part of Russia. It's where Russian wine comes from. Um so you could like that or not like it, but the fact is Putin would would go to war, nuclear war, if it came down to Crimea. So if, and by the way, Crimea was in Russian hands at the beginning of this war. So it's like, if you really think that a condition of peace is that Putin's gonna give up Crimea, then you're um, you're like a lunatic. Mm. And, and they are. I mean, they want a weak leadership in Russia. And the question is, why would you want that? How is that good for the United States? I'm not defending Russia, I'm defending my own country. A weak central government in a nation with the world's largest nuclear stockpile is insane, especially a country as large and potentially fractious with this many languages, ethnicities, religions, 20% Muslim population. You're just gonna sort of let the nuclear stockpile float free and hope the best thing happens? You're a freaking nutcase if you if you desire that. Okay, Tucker. And we are run by nutcases. The president and that poisonous moron, Toria Newland, oh, we're gonna depose Putin. Well, then what happens? What happened in Libya when we deposed and allowed, you know, Gaddafi to be murdered? What happened in Iraq when we brought Saddam to justice. Mm. Those countries fell apart and they've never been rebuilt again. In Afghanistan, we took out the central government and they came back, it's still run by the Taliban. So our track record of knocking out the leader, which is very easy to do, is uh, spotty at best. Things don't always get better. And to do that to Russia, you know, the largest landmass in the world with the largest nuclear arsenal, like you're on drugs if you think that's a good idea. Mm. Wow. You're on drugs if you think that that's a good idea. You know, Putin doesn't want, he literally says, I don't want, um, I don't want World War Three. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. That's a, I'm not an idiot. What is going to keep me, everybody is saying that I'm going to go and start a war and I'm going to just randomly, you have to mm -hmm. have all these missiles because I'm going to randomly start invading Poland. Are you guys insane? Like, I'm not, I don't, have, we don't have a death witch. What, why do you keep saying that? You are all insane. Why do you keep doing this? And it's like, he's not even saying what I would say. You guys are all insane. Um, he does have questions, and I like that he says that. I don't know exactly why they're doing all this. And quite frankly, guys, I don't either. I don't either. I don't I don't either. I don't know why, because here's the thing. You've got 
George Bush with pictures with Putin, happy talking together. Mm -hmm. You've got um, Clinton. Do you remember Clinton's button where they she um, she was with the second in command in Russia mm -hmm. and they pretended to press a uh, fake button and, and they said, here's we're, we're resetting here now with Russia. Did they find that Ukraine was just a better money launderer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you I know? think so. I think they did. And it just behooved them. And then Russia was like, you know, Putin's like, I will, um, I, I will put up with this, but now mm -hmm. you've gone too far. <laughs> like, I mean, and to push Putin that far, and I, I appreciated what he said. He said, um, you, I'm starting of the war that started in 2014 with mm -hmm. the coup that happened in... The Donbass region. Well, no, that happened in, in, in Kiev. Kiev. That happened in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. that we watched that. It's called um, Ukraine on Fire. Right. And... We played, the, um, we played the clip here before you got down here about okay. him talking about it. So he, you know, when he's talking about this this stuff, he's he's telling people, listen, you guys started this, the CIA started this, you created you created war, you started war, you wanted this war, now you've got it, now what are you going to do about it, right? Now we just have to finish it because you started it, and it's hard to think about Ukraine, and they don't talk about this. Ukraine was attacking other Ukrainians, right? Ukraine was attacking other Ukrainians in the Donbass region. Well, but, but let's talk but about that, But they were though. of Russian are, thank you. descent. Are they actually attacking other Ukrainians? They didn't feel that they were. Technically, yes, but they didn't feel that they were because these were Russian, culturally Russian people, mm -hmm. right? Well, we may not be able to tell much of a difference, but mm -hmm. they certainly could, and they, and they have treated them horribly. Mm -hmm. That's what I said. We're talking about two different things here when it comes to Putin. We're talking about a war that was started in 2014 mm -hmm. that he is fish finishing. Okay, we're talking about the the fact that we're he wants to denazify the denazification. What does that look like? And Putin and, and Putin really never gave an answer on what that that could look like in the Ukraine. But you know, we hear about um, the denazification of Germany. If you have people who are standing up praising Nazi leaders. Uh, he's saying, you know, arrest them, put him yeah, in jail. Yeah, it's, but it's more than that. These people aren't just standing up praising Nazi leaders. These are actual soldier soldiers. These are Nazis. These are people that are actively harming people for the, the sake of the fact that they are Nazis. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what, what we do. We are Nazis. They're literal Nazis. They are. They're not just, we're not just calling them Nazis. We're not saying they're acting like Nazis. We're not saying they're in the vein and the family of Nazis. They are literal. They call themselves. They are. And and remember, if, if, if there were Nazis anywhere in the world, these would be the only ones. Do you understand me? Right. That's them. Right. Th okay. Th th that is them. Do we have another clip? Um, we do. And I was wondering if you could bring up the, um, the professor who explains... Um, the history it's in that's the only one I don't have up it's it but it's in Ooh. my profile it's on your your Twitter mm -hmm. okay yeah how, how far down uh, you're here I got him right here yeah this is I think and, and we'll end this segment with this uh, I think this professor gives kind of the best summary of oh, kind of how he goes over the go. um, the Russian history and uh, and I why know we're spending important. a good portion of our show but this was a really important interview the whole world is at war mm -hmm. this is most important interview could be in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. It deserves a whole show. I mean, like like uh, Tucker just said, I mean, Putin hasn't done an interview in four years. 
This is a big deal. It's a big D. I'm Larry Alex Taunton, and I'm host of the Ideas Have Consequences podcast. And I wanted to say a few things about the Tucker Carlson-Vladimir Putin interview. Um, I've been in Russia uh, many times, been in Ukraine many times, wrote a book, A History of Ukrainian uh, Politics and Corruption, uh, a decade ago, before most people could find it on a map. I have degrees in uh, Russian history. Don't claim to be an expert. I'm not sure that there are any experts when it comes to Russian history, when it comes to Russia itself. But point is, I'm no novice to the field. I've studied it both at an academic level and at, a, at ground level. And there are a few things that I just want to say as it relates to the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin. First of all, there's this uh, monologue by Putin about Russia's history. And, uh, you know, Carlson says uh, at the beginning of the interview, he says that he was a little bit of an annoyed with it. And that definitely comes off in the interview itself. He keeps interview, uh, interrupting Putin and saying that he doesn't really know why this is particularly relevant. I, I want to explain to you what's happening here. Putin is giving actually a very accurate uh, portrayal of Russian and Ukrainian history. You see, from a, a Russian perspective, the two countries, by and large, are one. They have always seen them as one. Now, it fascinates me that all the billions of dollars that have been spent in uh, Washington think tanks that no one saw this invasion coming. I mean, they really didn't know that this was going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. Uh, in, in Russian history 101, you learned this at the very beginning, and that is this, that Russia has always claimed um, Ukraine as utterly vital to its survival for two reasons. One, because it is their access to a warm water port. Without it, they don't have one. Secondly, Ukraine has been Russia's uh, a breadbasket. And there's actually a third reason. It's the one that Putin is laying out in the interview. And that is that the very first Russian state. So, so. Patriot Gallery is fired from her job today. No. Or Michelle's fired. I'll I fire think somebody. It's you. You, she didn't do anything. No, what I mean is now I, I wasn't echo. monitoring the chat. Now I have an echo. Oh, you do. Hang on. Jeez. I wasn't monitoring the chat after we came back and I'm like, oh, I fixed, I unmuted us. Mm -hmm. But mom didn't come down and say, hey, there's no, she just did now. So you're going to really blame your mom as soon as you want no. uh, to the whole world? I'm going to just blame life. No, you blame the attacks of the enemy who are attacking you, and we're asking for prayer cover, okay? <laughs> we're asking for prayer cover because the devil doesn't want us to get the message out. Oh, my God. And, you know, it's not just the... Here's the thing. When we think... Technology is not a place uh, where the Holy Spirit is... Uh, can, the Holy Spirit can move, but the, the devil can move also in, in, in technology, and will attack your message, okay? Yep. We'll definitely try to attack your message. So you missed some really great commentary on the ridiculousness of that CNN reporter mm -hmm. and I Zelensky. Think, you know what? Maybe I, it was better without our commentary. Maybe it was better without our commentary. Maybe it was. All right. So I do have a clip up here. Um, who dumps illegal African migrants in Texas? And please, if you can hear us loud and clear, say 
over. No, we're good. I can see it on there. Yay. The question is, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are saying it's not just South Americans, it's just Hispanics trying to make it work. Where are these Africans coming from? They have to get here by airport. the european mom invasion. it's not your fault i'm sorry it was you were an easy scapegoat for just the really unfortunate attack she says she says she also gets mad when they freeze and i always say and i always say i know no it, i need to know yeah i should never boogeyman. give you a hard time i always need to know when something is amiss it's the boogeyman inside the machine i actually don't okay. even mind that for those of you that have my phone number when you text me i really right. don't mind all right. Turns out the special. So we're gonna actually no. Let's skip that. We're gonna go to the Trump's thing in in a, in a little bit. Okay. So um, not right now. No. I mean, okay. Thomas Massey tweeted this out. He said, "I had a family member go to the hospital for an issue unrelated to COVID. They tested for COVID, and uh, the doctor said that they needed remdesivir, even though he had no COVID symptoms. He displayed symptoms at home the week prior. He refused to take remdesivir. The doctor was flabbergasted. He's home now and he's doing fine." So he retweeted this from Dr. Peter McCullough. Dr. Wax was right in 2020. Remdesivir has been exhaustively analyzed by the WHO Solidarity Group, concluding it does not save lives. Rather, it caused kidney injury and liver damage in some, which can contribute to causal pathway of death. The WHO advised against it in November of 2020. Um, Dr. Wax says, although I am not his physician and neither is Dr. Offit, remdesivir, if it works at all, only works in the earliest days and causes liver and kidney failure in later stages of infection. Saving his life is a vast exaggeration and perhaps industry-driven lie. So, this is devastating. Uh, we've talked about this. Guys, it's called Valkyrie also in the hospital. Vecklery. Vecklery. Valkyrie. Vecklerie. Sorry. I always okay. get it wrong. All right. One. So Joe Biden lost his marbles this week. I titled this Joe Biden lost it and Putin found him. Putin was astute. He's on it. He's smart. He 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 recounted, you know, the history of Russia down to 600 A.D. Um, and, you know, he went all, all the way to uh, saying that a Viking founded Russia, basically became the first king of Russia, which uh, I guess would send you to Serbia in previous years in Russia. But he went ahead and, and told people what I guess is the truth. I don't know. Uh, Joe Biden said today he was not, um, Joe Biden's DOJ. So said that he's not mentally fit for trial. And I'm going to read that to you. This is, we're in a, we're in a moment where I think that this is a controlled demolition of Joe Biden. It's, he's mm -hmm. got to go down. He's got to go down softly. The whole world is against him. They do not want him running. They think that he, um, is feeble minded. And so on the day that Tucker puts out this interview, it's released that the DOJ uh, had investigated Joe Biden on the same charges that they are charging Trump with, which is the, the holding, wrongful holding of classified documents. The DOJ said about Joe Biden that no jury would convict him mm -hmm. because they would see him as a too old and feeble-minded a feeble-minded man who probably just made a mistake and didn't do it on purpose and that they didn't have 
a causation beyond, they don't think they could convict beyond a, a reasonable doubt. <laughs> it's the same charges against Donald Trump. What they're saying about Trump is that he's not cooperative, but Biden was cooperative. Nobody has been brought up on charges on these classified documents. But Trump has been cooperative every step of the way. And the way. he was. And what they were discussing was, was was documents that Trump really felt that he had a right to still hang on to. Okay? So you have the, the DOJ saying Biden is not there. Mm. He's not there. He's not there. We're, we're literally not going to prosecute because he's not all the way there. So he comes out and they, at like 7.30, 7.45 at night when he shouldn't do it because he's got the sundowners. He does. And I'm going to play some clips. Now, not all these clips are from last night. I think these clips are from last night. So um, here, let's let's watch some of these. He says he's the president for the red states and the green states. He forgot the name of the place where his son, Bo, got his rosary. And he said that the Egypt, the Egyptian president is from Mexico. When I said, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president for everybody, whether you live in a red state or a green state. That was the red state or the green state. Red state or green state? Raise that. Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him attending where he raised that. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I think that... Uh, and that's confusing. You got BB, you got CC, there may be an AA in there, I'm not sure. Here we have recently, uh, uh, he said that he met with Mitter, Mitterrand from Germany. Mitterrand was the French president between 81 and 95. He also died in 1996. Oh my gosh. Well, and can you blame the guy? I mean, seriously, we've, he's, been, he's been in office for so long. These people are all bound to run together. You know, I mean, what's 30, 40 years between friends? You know, I remember the guy, and he's so great, and then he actually is dead. Um, how did I found out yesterday? Somebody, somebody was saying someone, and I was like, "Wait, that person died?" Like, yeah, they died. And I was like, "Oh," I'm starting to feel like Joe. People have pled guilty. You know, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO yeah, really leaders. Well. I was in I was in the south of England, and I sat down and I said, "America's back." And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, "said You know, what? Why? How, how long are you back for?" And I looked at him, and the and the Chancellor of Germany said. What would you say, Mr. President, if you picked up the paper tomorrow in the London Times, and the London Times said, a thousand people break through the House of Commons, break down the doors, two bobbies are killed in order to stop the election of the Prime Minister. What would you say? 
I never thought about it from that perspective. What would we say if that happened in another democracy around the world? I didn't catch when he said it. Maybe it was too low. Yeah, I don't know. That one might be a hard clip to get through. So to play this next one, there is some, he's talking about, um, I think this is the same clip of the Hamas one, but I'm going to play this, this one again. It's a fuller clip to give you context on the um, Israeli conflict. In, in, for the other clip that we couldn't hear, Mitterrand is a, is a very similar name to Macron. So, you know, he could easily, and they're both French presidents, right? Getting that one a, mixed up. I think it was up. the president of Germany. Mitterrand was the president of it Germany. It said, um, no, it said the French president. I just had it up. Okay. It said the French. President. I don't know these presidents, but I'm not I don't either. I was thinking, States. wow, if he, you know, if he remembers a president from a nation and from you know, from 1996, he's beaten me. There is some movement, and I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the. Uh, the, the, there's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. There is some movement, and I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, maybe. Um, this next clip, I love this. Hey, Biden, how bad is your memory? Well, it's so bad I let you speak, he's saying to the reporter, which, okay, speaking of of making a funny, that, Leah, Biden, making a funny. I, I you know, I can go with it. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's what your memory has gotten worse. President Biden. No, that was good. That was a good joke. That was witty. President, Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching, and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your is judgment. That is not the judgment of the press. He says, that is your judgment. That's your judgment. That's not the judgment of the press. But she's the press. But she is the press. And do we go by the press? Exactly. Oh my God. That was really fun. Okay, here but we go. But again, we talk about this. Elderly people, when they start getting dementia, they start getting angry and argumentative. Yeah. Don't question me. And he already was kind of an angry person to start with. So now you're dealing with super angry. So Potentially a very damaging political headline that we really need to take a beat uh, to talk about uh, as well. And that is simply put uh, that the president is an elderly man with a bad memory. Uh, if you look through the report, and I'm just uh, still going through uh, every page of this, but if you go through it, 
Uh, there is a detailed explanation here for why the special counsel's office decided not to bring criminal charges uh, against the president. And at various junctures, the report uh, mentions the president's memory and memory issues being a factor. For example, it says uh, the president's memory was significantly limited both during his recorded interviews with the ghostwriter that Evan was talking about uh, in 2017 and in his interview with our office in 2023. Uh, it also makes a reference at another point in the report, Mr. Biden's uh, limited precision and recall during his interviews, again, with the ghostwriter and with the special counsel's office. Uh, it also talks about how President Biden could present himself to a jury as a, quote, sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man uh, with a poor memory. Now, yeah, I don't I have... We're playing, I think it's playing again. Yeah. So... Honestly, I I agree with Leah's assessment. Controlled demolition. They're letting him go down slowly, like when you watch a, a building kind of center see collapse. If you catch this, I'm not, I'm I'm not even going to read the quote, and you guys listen and and put in the chat what you feel is wrong with this statement. Okay, hang on. Rewind it. Let's back it up. Not true. That's not what Roe v. Wade said. It's in the three trimesters. Not a word. Let me close with this. Look. But he says, I love how Trump is saying Biden is for abortion on demand. That's not true. That's not what Roe v. Wade said. It said the three trimesters. Um, it, there's a thing called a bicycle. Mm. This thing called a tricycle. <laughs> bicycle has two wheels. How many wheels does a tricycle have? Three, Leah. Three trimesters. They're called trimesters. They're not called quadruple mesters or hexagonal mesters. Well, I don't know what five would be. Essentially, he's saying he it is abortion on demand, and he just admitted it when he said that. Well, and Roe v. Wade didn't say the three trimesters. No, I know, but I'm just saying that he admits that he is for abortion on demand. But he doesn't know what the... He doesn't know trimesters. He doesn't know the three trimesters. He doesn't know anything about anything. Like, he's not on the planet. He doesn't know what Roe v. Wade said right. anymore. Okay? He doesn't, he doesn't know. He's gone. He's, it, 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 it said the three trimesters. How is that even an answer, though? It, it, it's not. But if there's three trimesters, that's the end. There's it's try. Tri tricycle trimester. There's three. That's the end, and then and then the baby comes, and then the baby's out and and, and here for, with us. So uh, you know you've got three months, you've got three months, you've got three months, and they're called trimesters. Okay, so I don't know exactly what he was saying by it said the three trimesters. I don't know. Okay. Um, Three, uh, how are you going to convince three quarters of the voters that his mental activity is okay? And it was the French president, thank goodness. And how is President Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters 
we're worried about his physical and mental health, that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, what? sir. What is we're going to go. Hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mitterrand. Go ahead. In you saw the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president mm -hmm. in South Carolina. Yeah, you saw him in Mich Michigan. I'll just stop there. Go ahead. The quote itself. We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he is someone for whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him. By then, a former president, well into his 80s, of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. Oh, dear God. So we have a president that doesn't have a mental state of willfulness, is essentially what that just said. He doesn't have a mental state. Judged by a court, by the way. Now, but okay, so here's what gets me about this, though. Like, I can go with it, but I don't see how the court can even come to this conclusion without a medical examination. You can't. And so that's where this is completely erroneous. And they're, I'm not sure if they're just trolling this entire situation. I mean, does then the Biden administration appeal the decision because he's not mentally disabled or do they let it ride in admission so that he doesn't have to go through any trials a whopping nine 89 percent of americans have concerns to varying degrees that uh joe biden i don't know if you could bring up the one video that i had for you for you to make the show with or no i don't know if i actually retweeted i just shared it with you uh where the new yorkers are all saying oh you don't have that clip I don't. I can get it somehow. A yes. whopping 89% of Americans have concerns. So 90%. 90, only 10% and those people just, um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't just watch The View every day or something. <laughs> uh, to varying degrees that Joe Biden lacks the physical and mental health for a second term. 90%. Mm -hmm. Everyone. That's a, you know, if you get it, that's usually like a like a B. Yeah. Almost some, some it's like, cases it's like a, a B plus. Sometimes it's an A. I know. Depends on how, who's grading. Sometimes it's everything. You know, it's 90%. If I got, if I got a 90% on a test, I'm doing pretty good. The poll published on Tuesday ahead of Biden's press conference Thursday where he was grilled about his age and mental acuity uh, found that 62% of registered voters nationally have major concerns that he does not have the necessary mental and physical health. Uh, another 14% had moderate worries and 13% had minor concerns. Conversely, just over one in ten of the registered voter respondents said they had no real concerns. So just one, in, they just don't watch anything at all, I guess, in the world. Um, so that just oh, we're not worried. We're going to pretend that nothing is going on here. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Although there's a lot to see here. All right, here I can play this video here. Thank you. Joe Biden too old to be president? Oh, absolutely. He's feeble. And he's incapable of completing a sentence or a rational thought. His cognitive skills seems like it's uh, not there, not 100%. So I'm a little afraid of that. That worries you? Yeah, yeah. For the state of the world, definitely. I'm just not bothered by his age. I don't know. He be forgetting things, saying things over and over. And I, as I read yesterday, he's talking about a person that already had passed away. Does that inspire confidence in you? No. Is Joe Biden too old? Well, kind of, yes, he is. 
he's not running our country at the end of the day. It's everybody else running our country that tells him he's a puppet. You know, so that's just my personal opinion. Is Joe Biden too old to be president? My dad is his age, yes. So based on that, yes. <laughs> Mine too. Is Joe Biden too old? Uh, yes, he's up there. What do you think? Is Joe Biden too old to be president? Yes. Yeah. Why? You heard the guy speak. He's, he's, he's kind of out there. Are you worried about Joe Biden's age? Mm, it's okay. Kind of old, but he's fine. Uh, I'm worried about my own age. Love that last guy, worried about his own age. And look, a couple takeaways. One, it's New York City. You could literally have a corpse. No joke there. I'll let you read into that. Run against Donald Trump, and they're going to vote for the corpse. So you have to take that into account. But what stood out to me, you notice certain things are making it through, even for those who may watch the mainstream media or no media at all. The fact that you are uh, Joe Biden talked about somebody who was dead multiple right. times. You heard that sneak through. And it's this overall notion of who is pulling the strings. If that makes it into the swing states more so than in, jump, in, in just the Trump voters' right. minds, that is where the Democrats have trouble. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was good. That was hmm. a good clip. Yeah. I, I, and here's the thing. For me, though, it's not a matter of age. Isn't Trump only like three years younger than Joe? Yeah, it's not age. So it's, to me, it's yeah. not age. It's what, and, and the, I, I don't even think it's age for these people. Mm -hmm. I think that they are, they get it. They get that Joe Biden um, isn't cognitively enough there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Leah, let's go to this next clip. Um, yeah, so this is... Uh, uh, Stephen Smith, he's a lefty, and uh, he's talking about there's a deal, and I, you guys might have heard of Ice Cube. Mm -hmm. He came out, he was talking about uh, the mayor of New York and asking why uh, they're spending $53 million on a pilot program for illegals. Now, they're getting uh, like a debit card, right? like a $1,000 debit card. And this is they, modern monetary theory. But what they're saying is that if they just give all the illegals $1,000, it saves on trying to give them housing, and it saves on trying to give them clothing. So you just They're have to give them housing and clothing, though. Well, you you have to use your thousand dollars, and then you have to find housing, you have to find clothing, you have to find food. But they won't, and then they'll come back for more money. Exactly. Yeah. So Joe Biden too old to be president? Oh, absolutely. So you can pick and choose. And he's incapable of completing. What it came down to for me is this: I see homeless folks in the streets of New York all the time that are American citizens. I damn sure see them in California. We've got poor, impoverished, starving people who were born and raised in this nation. How in the hell do we come up with a 52, $53 million pilot pro program for illegals, but folks who are here legally are born here, we don't have enough of them. Just like we could come up with billions for Ukraine. But somehow, some way, we can't fix the homeless problem. I'm down for helping Israel. I'm down for helping address the situations with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, okay? I'm down for helping the Ukrainians and fighting off Russia. What about poor and desolate citizens here? How the hell do you print money for foreign countries? But you don't print that money to help eradicate Folks that are starving right here in the streets of America who were born and raised here. Through the inner city. This is what I'm talking about. Are you just waking up? So when you have something like that, what's the one way to eradicate it? Yes, you got to have a flourishing economy. 
Yes, you can't have inflation. Yes, you can't be on the verge of a recession. Milk don't need to cost $7. Bread don't need to cost $5. Don't get me started with how much sugar costs. You can talk about employment all you want to. You can talk about the labor participation rate. But guess what? If you ain't making no damn money and you got to get two jobs to pay the same prices or to buy the same amount of stuff that you used to buy and the price is higher than it used to be because of inflation, then guess what? What are you really accomplishing? Nothing, I guess. That's why Trump is on the verge of getting elected, reelected. Because when he was in office, there was a flourishing economy. So he's talking for the black vote, right? Mm -hmm. And they were, they're not asking for, at this point, they're not asking for government handouts. Right. They're just asking for the economy back. I know. That they had just a few years ago. Right. You know, And how's the economy ever going to come back if you're constantly pouring money out like a you know now what they trump is smart and he's a smart businessman uh he staved off the inevitable that is going to crash and i do actually hope that it does crash under biden Mm -hmm. uh for sure but i wanted to bring this up uh this is uh mayor eric adams who says that uh the attacks are coming at him because he's black they need to see you, Deputy Mayor Williams Ison, Deputy Mayor Mira Josie, Deputy Mayor Amazar, Deputy Mayor Maria Torres Springer. Have you ever seen this much chocolate leading the city of New York? And then go down the line. Look, look who's here. This is representative of the city. That's why people are hating on me. You trying to figure out? Why they hating on me? They hating on me because those are, how many of you go to church? Ma'am, this is a Matthew 21 and 12 moment. Jesus walked in the temple. He saw them doing wrong in the temple. He did what? He turned the table Came over. I went to City Hall to turn the table over. First woman police commissioner of color. First Spanish-speaking police commissioner, first Spanish-speaking correction commissioner. Go through the line of what we're doing. Well, how well are you doing? That's the question. Let's judge you by your merits. Nobody cares. Let's judge you by your merits. Because guess what? Nobody cares. All I'm hearing is a bunch of complaining about illegals coming to your sanctuary city that you invited them to come to. And people are complaining that you're giving them $53 million. I want to play this next clip right next to it because um, it, it kind of goes along with um, it's the chick. I think it's the one to the to the left. So here, uh, black card being played, major black card. She, this mayor, uh, Tiffany uh, Henyard, she uh, is uh, she had this one million dollar giveaway. She's got a two hundred eighty seven thousand dollar salary of a small town as a mayor. Uh-huh. And she and, and the people are questioning her council is her city council is questioning how she's spending funds, mm-hmm. and she literally is saying that they need to get behind her because she's black. Y'all should be ashamed of y'all self. Y'all black, y'all are black, and y'all sitting up here beating and attacking on a black woman that's in power. Y'all should be ashamed of y'all selves. Dalton's difficulties got worse in recent weeks with water main breaks, Henyard blames on trustee budget cuts. Then four people were shot and injured last oh, week, dear. leaving nerves frayed and Henyard's opponents pointing out her sizable security detail. It's unfortunate that politics are being played, but what has happened is a million dollars out of 
my budget has been cut because of politics. Y'all forget I am the leader. They want to hear from the mayor. If y'all ain't learned that yet, the mayor, not the trustees that don't do nothing, that only run their mouth. Y'all don't do no work, no work. Tiffany Henyard considers herself something of a crusader, but one who's clearly annoyed by questions from a rebellious group of Dalton trustees who are in a standoff with her over spending. At the end of the day, vendors are not being paid. Board approved it. The vendors are not being paid. How about you be a good leader, bring RFPs to the forefront. So not just us, but the residents and everybody else in America know how the money is being spent. WGN Investigates has cataloged tens of thousands of taxpayer dollars spent on trips, meals, and more by Tiffany Henyard and her allies in Dalton and on the Thornton Township Board, where she's the supervisor. Township credit card records show Henyard and other officials spent more than $67,000 on trips to Portland, Austin, Atlanta, and New York City. Many of the flights were first class. So were the accommodations. In Atlanta, Henyard and her team stayed at the Four Seasons Hotel, costing taxpayers more than $9,000. In New York, the bill came to $13,000. Henyard has refused to explain the specific purpose of the trips or why they travel in such style. Oh my gosh, so she's not even explaining to, why she y'all went. Y'all need to stop. I'm a black woman in power and y'all need to stop. All and of you need the trustees know. were black. I'm taking my reparations, okay? I'm taking my reparations to the four seasons and y'all, when y'all be mayor, then you can take your reparations, but you sit down, let me take mine. Okay, $287,000 for a mayor of a town. Oh, my gosh. She did a million-dollar giveaway. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Ebonics, honey, is not proper English for a person who is a mayor of a city. You don't, you don't get to sit up there and say, y'all, the doll who don't do nothing but run y'all's mouths. That's a direct quote. Y'all don't do nothing. Y'all just run your mouths. You have become your own meme, child. And you are acting like a child, a spoiled, rotten child. And those people on those that board is trying to hold you accountable. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're literally starting to talk like her. It's trying the people to hold you. on the board is are try, I am trying, trying to speak in their no, vernacular. No, you're not. You, that it's just wore off on it's you. It's trying to hold us you accountable, oh okay? And we it's not, here's the thing. Accountable. No one cares what color your skin is. You brought the race card into this while all of your trustees are black. No, that's what she's saying. But y'all trying to pull down a black woman. I'm just saying, like, no, a thief, a thief, and mm -hmm. a liar, and a snake. Yeah. If you go to the right, talk about thief, liars, and snakes. Um, Project Veritas is still doing things, even though um, I think it's one to the left of that. That is your main page. Is it? It's right yeah, here. I know, but it says twitter.com forward slash Leah Svensson. Oh, I didn't bring it up over here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I moved it. Then try over here on the left. Nope, to the right. I'm nope. telling you that you don't have it fully up because okay, it's you're on Leah Svensson. It's, thought, it's your well, reposting. What happens, I, I can scroll down, down and find it. Okay, so Project Veritas is still working and doing things. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be down pretty far. I'll get it. And what they did was they did an undercover 
investigation in Missouri. Now, Missouri, you can't get abortions in Missouri. They outload abortion in Missouri. Mm -hmm. So they have been sending girls over state lines into Kansas. Wow. So a man pretends to be a 20-year-old, and I want you to hear this conversation. He says, I have a 13-year-old. I don't want her parents to know. What, 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 there it is. Um, she needs an abortion. Can you help her? Mm. And they're like, yes. He's wow. obviously pretending and posing as a rapist. We told you. We told you that Planned Parenthood did not turn in rapists. Right. Does not turn in child molesters. This is a child. He's posing as a child molester. She's 13. Her parents don't know yet. Yeah, we, so we don't do them here, but we, yeah, we don't do them in Missouri. It's illegal, but we do have, um, I can give you a packet of the two locations that do it in Kansas. They have people that'll come pick them up. They have people really? that'll pay for the whole thing. Yes. I will call them and tell them what the situation is. They're going to help you with that. All within Planned Parenthood? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if the school agrees or not. We say that she was at the doctor and we can we can cut off our letter head so it doesn't even say where she was. Trust me, this is not, this is not our first radio. They're going to know exactly how to handle that. I will call okay, them. Okay, so 13 year olds can go across state line. Absolutely. Parenthood helps them do that and it pays for the whole thing. I won't say it pays for the whole thing, oh. but they will work for you. Sometimes they do end up paying for it. Yeah, pays yeah, it's for. illegal in Missouri. How many times do you do this a year? What, like abortion? Girls coming out of the state, yes. Oh, oh. every day. We get, every yeah. Day. Every day. Every day. Wow. Because we set up hotels for them. We set up every day. Every day. So, this is so great because she's 13. Yeah. She's so young. And she's scared, you know, and that's what we're here for. And I, our parents do not need, they're like so conservative. And I cannot let them know. And they won't. They won't. If she's in, I mean, in Planned Parenthood, we consider you an adult. So you can make the decision, then we've got you. Okay. Okay. And then can she come in here for follow-up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she doesn't have to go back there for follow-up. Once she's done with them, she can come back here. And what about, like, contraceptives? We'll take care of all of that. All without any mm -hmm. consent? Yeah, we never tell her parents anything. She's an adult on our client. So I can continue to rape this child. Oh, my god. And you will give her birth control. Oh, my god. That should shut them all down right there. It should shut down all Planned Parenthoods, not and, just that clinic. And quite frankly, this is why the devil blew up Project Veritas. I know it was a um, an inner thing that had to do with personalities, mm -hmm. and somebody got their feelings hurt, and it escalated, and you can't allow that to happen. It's too big. Yeah. It, life is too big. Things are too important. Uh, that You need to go back. James O'Keefe is Project Veritas. Project Veritas is James O'Keefe. And he probably was an arrogant, probably was, he's obviously a, um, you know, prideful person, okay? Mm -hmm. He's obviously probably hard to work with. Mm -hmm. But he was good at what he did. And I recognize that Project Veritas is still doing some things, but it's not as, you're not making a big impact and yeah. changing as many things. As it, but that was important, and I appreciate that. That was amazing. Yeah, I, I do. I do appreciate and heartbreaking. that. And heartbreaking. And, and we need to. So if you bring this up, going back, Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers on the big business behind gender affirming care. Um, so I guess somebody did a fact check on this and it's like one hundred and twenty six thousand for one of the surgeries and like a male to female and seventy thousand. I don't know which one it is, but um it's the one of the big reasons behind this 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 gender care and cutting kids genitals off is people are making a ton of money at youth and like I call it eugenics, right? 
New York Times wrote a major story about detransitioners. So people that were convinced at an early age that they were trans and now they're detransitioning and their lives are ruined, their bodies ruined, they can't have children anymore, they lost their breasts, they lost their penis. It's in fucking sanity. They just okay. took, they just had a, an eight-year-old kid that was taken away from his father because the, the father doesn't want the boy to be on hormone blockers and the mother does. It was happening in Canada for a while. Now oh, yeah. I've seen some, some cases in the States, which is... This is what Jordan Peterson was warning people about in 2016 when I first met him. Yeah. And everybody was like, why do you care about what's happening in colleges? This is just fringe things that are happening in colleges. I'm like, those people are going to graduate and they're going to enter into the workforce. And it's a new mentality that exists. It's not a f objective reality mentality. It's an ideologically based mentality that's going to change the world at large unless we stop it in its tracks. Like, they're not looking at reality. The fucking detransitioner thing, the fact that it's in the New York Times is big. But do you know why? I mean, there's a whole story that somebody wrote about it. It's because of trial lawyers. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to get sued. And yeah. it's going to be a big fucking problem. Because you have thousands of people that have unfortunately given into this. Kids are extremely malleable. They're extremely easy to manipulate. They're extremely easy to influence. We've always known this. It's one of the reasons why you don't let children get tattoos. It's one of the reasons why you don't let children join the military. It's one of the reasons why you don't let children have children. It's one of the reasons why we have ages of consent because we know that they're not young enough, they're not, or they're, they're not smart enough, they're not old enough to make their own decisions. They can be, be, be manipulated. So if they can be manipulated that way, why the fuck would we think they can't be manipulated by this emerging market, which is gender care? This gender-affirming care. Have you ever seen the map of, like, gender care from 2007 versus 2022? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I saw it somewhere. Yeah. Here, I, I can send it to you, Jamie, so you can take a look at it. But it's fucking bananas. It's a business. My friend, who is a doctor, told me that his friend, who is a plastic surgeon, who moved into gender transition care, he told me the difference between what that person gets paid for an arthroscopic surgery versus what they get paid for a gender transition. I forget what the number was for orthoscopic surgery, but for the gender transition, he gets $70,000 every time he does this. Oh my God. And he goes, and this guy is raking it in. He's doing them all week. Oh, my gosh. It's, 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 it's so scary. It's the, you know, the cure to all that ails for a lot of people. They think, oh, well, this is what's going to fix me. I'm fucked up. Why am I fucked up? What's wrong with me? What's my problem? Yeah. Oh, I'm really a girl or, oh, I'm really a boy. And you know, kids want to be, they don't want to be an outsider. They want, you know, exactly. it, it, the, it's kind of in vogue to be non-binary or whatever the... 30% of kids today recognize themselves either as trans, gay, bi, or non-binary. 30%. Now look at this. Yeah. The pediatric gender clinics in 2007, there was two. One was in Virginia, and one it looks like it was in Massachusetts, and now look at them. They're all over the country. And this is in 2022. Mm. I mean, that's, that's crazy. The idea that this is just they're recognizing there's a problem that didn't exist, that existed all the time but wasn't being treated, that's nuts. That doesn't make sense, especially when you're talking about children. They're fucking kids. Yeah, they're kids. They're kids. And you, there's a thing called Munchausen's by proxy, yeah. you know, where women, sick women— will make their children ill. They will do it on purpose so that they get attention for their children. There's been women out there, mm -hmm. evil, crazy people that have poisoned their children. 
Yeah, I've seen a couple of the documentaries about it. It's nuts. Yeah. It's a psychological disorder, just like gender dysphoria. It's a psychological disorder. It's always been listed as a psychological disorder. And now in 2024, everyone who is a man who thinks he's a woman is brave and amazing. No one's sick. So you're allowing people that are absolutely perverts and sex offenders to go into women's locker rooms with a heart on and no one can say anything. And if you say something, they will protest your business and shut you down. There's no room for any nuance. There's no room for someone to say, hey, listen, for some people, there's transgender TikTok star Rachel Queen Burton uh, has pleaded guilty to child sex offenses uh, over to the right. When he was a man, he abused two children and later transitioned into a woman. So this pedophile abused two children before the transition. Rachel Queen Burton, 44, was arrested in 2022, pleaded guilty to child sex abuse offenses here. Um, And now is some sort of TikTok star now. I saw this. And this is, if you scroll down, you can see this guy. Hang on, I got a picture up here. One second. Boom. Australia, Australian trans. Ugh. He has been charged with sex offenses. Okay, so this is uh, a new charge, it, but it was goes back to 2022. But if you if you do scroll down and play it, this guy was he's making these TikToks, but he's abusing kids at this exact same time. Okay, so, so wait, hang can, on, hang on. This is a way different person. Is this the same person? This is the same person. Get out. Yeah. Okay, so this picture is actually tolerable that we're looking at. Where you're about to watch a video that's like intolerable to look at. I mean, this is. Hang on a second. Well, maybe that's a filtered picture. Wait a minute. Is this real? I don't know why it's muted. But that can't be the same person. I think you have to click on mute on the Twitter. No, I. No? No, it should just play. But that can't be the same person. Are you sure that's not a um No, a that's spoof? the same person. No way. Yeah. No way. You can scroll down. He's got more videos. You're kidding. Well, go. Let me see. I need to actually grab the link of whatever you want me to play, okay. unfortunately. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is the same person? Mm-hmm. Why does he look so horrendous? Like he looks like a clown in this, the one we just played. This one that we're about to play doesn't, like he still looks like a dude, but he doesn't look as clown like. Mm-hmm. Like why is his lipstick all around his mouth? Like that's know. not even like properly, that's not even good looking lipstick. It's just weird. It's crazy and it's, it's disgusting. Gross. So, I mean, kudos for Joe Rogan. You can bring this uh, live to TikTok up for calling that out. And mm. I appreciate it. I wish he would do it with less swear words. Um, I appreciate that he is calling it out, though. It's really important. Um, this is a. Uh, but I want to I actually want to plug the revival tomorrow because Abigail and Leah are coming from that generation to the revival um, in Oxford, Indiana. If you guys uh, want to come. Uh, do you want to tell they're going to have baptismals. They're going to have baptisms to so bring extra clothing. Um, 
there will be extra parking if the address that uh, fills up and we'll have some people out there to um, direct you. I'm sure we will. Uh, but she said that there's going to be parking overflow at the old grade school to the north and the Christian church to the south. Um, if for some reason we overflow. But so. yeah, so um, so it's uh, three. Go to resistancechicks.com and click on the banner in the upper right hand corner. Mm-hmm. And it will take you to the Dan Patch revival mm-hmm. and all the details. I'm actually going to update some details tonight. Mm-hmm. One, they sent us a screenshot of um, the map for where you guys can park if they're if parking fills up at their place, mm-hmm. um, the school that's right there. Um, but having a baptismal there is going to be like that's mm-hmm. a that that in and of itself is something that mm-hmm. you guys have asked us to do. Mm-hmm. Leah and I have never done baptismals at any of the events that we've done. We have, we've been at Bart's Fest. No, what I mean is we've never, we've never initiated doing them for you guys. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really glad that we have an opportunity as Leah and Michelle um, resistance chicks to be able to baptize you guys Mm -hmm. because at all of the places where we've done baptisms, Mm -hmm. they they have been initiated by other people. Scott did them with um, Mm -hmm. Brad Cummings and Brian Derrico his glory did them at our his glory revival Mm -hmm. and i don't think that we've had any other baptisms besides those two events Mm -hmm. so i'm really really excited about this if you guys want to come and you want to get baptized they're ready to go and so um bring an extra set of clothing yeah really really big so tomorrow 5 p.m all information resistancechicks.com my my point is is that abigail and leah have a really good beat on this generation yeah and they know how to reach them with the 30 percent that um, are identifying as trans or bi mm-hmm. or whatever, they have a message and the anointing will break the yoke on their minds. That's good. And their their message is so powerful and, and they've just started with a YouTube video, uh, a YouTube channel mm-hmm. and they're going to be putting out more videos and I'm telling you, they have a message from the Holy Spirit. They're getting a mantle from the Holy Spirit on how to reach this generation. There will be revival in this generation. Amen. They are turning back to God. They are going to know that they are made in the image of God and that's how we win this generation. We don't win them necessarily by exposing or um you know you're not going to win them necessarily by a joe rogan video maybe not but when when they hear that they're made in the image of god Mm -hmm. when jesus fills that hole that they're looking to fill that's good okay that's what we're that's what this this generation truly needs not fake christianity uh the seeker friendly isn't going to work for them they need a real encounter with the king kings and the lord of lords uh, this right here, National MS Society t- makes a thirty, a ninety-year-old volunteer step down because she wasn't inclusive enough. Her crime was inclusive. asking. Didn't I say that? You said inclusive enough. Inclusive enough. Her crime was asking what pronouns are after what she was required to start using them. Okay, so what pronouns uh, are after she was required to start using them? And I'd seen it on a couple of uh, letters that had come in after the person's name. They had the pronouns, but I didn't know what that meant. And so finally, I, when I was talking to her, I thought, I'll ask, what does it mean? And, uh, you know, let her tell me. And so she said that meant that they were include all inclusive, which didn't make sense to me. Because it it sounds like you're uh, labeling or labeling uh, for females and not males, if you're just putting in she, her, she said that she was just asking her what it meant to have a conversation so as a 90 year old who didn't know what it meant you know she's not street savvy to find out what it meant yeah. and when she said that they were required 
to use it to be inclusive. And my mom was saying uh, uh, that we've always been the MS Society as a whole and the Long and Beach group. Yeah, group has just always been inclusive. A few days later, uh, it was on a Friday. At, was it four fifty? At four fifty-eight, which we thought was odd, but I anyway, at the end of the day, end of the week, I got an email from her saying that. Uh, they were sorry, but they had to ask me to step down as a volunteer for the MS Society. And the reason being is that you're not inclusive enough. The verbiage I, she said was that, that she didn't abide by their diversity, equity, and inclusion. So they have yeah. to ask her to step down and she can't be a part of the MS Society as a, as a volunteer, as a, which as to me volunteer. is ironic because they're saying they're being inclusive, but yet they're excluding a 90-year-old disabled woman who volunteers volunteer. for over 60 years, you know, and then and literally the sole purpose is to help the MS patients and find a cure and, and that's what we're and, there for. You know, keep helping with uh, volunteering as, as much as she can, which has literally been her 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 well, whole life. That's literally all she does. So yeah. 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 I'm so confused by this. Mm-hmm. Because you've got somebody who has every right in the world, more than probably anyone, to be a part of and a volunteer of the MS Society because she's done it for 60 years. Do we have anyone in the chat that has done anything outside of their own life in a volunteer or helpful manner for 60 years? I mean, is anyone here that has done anything for 60 years? that involves community or something like that. Like that is a very rare, you can't even stay married for 60 mm -hmm, years. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, some of y'all have like a 20, 20 20th anniversary of your wedding and you're like, wow, I really done something like seriously she the community. For she's not just the community, but, the, but something her. that's very difficult to be a part of, by the way, you know, if she was to be sent off, she should have been sent off with joy and like a party oh, and lawsuit says fired. radical ch chick. Yes. That's what I'm thinking. Does a 90 year old want to sue though at this point? Like oh this is such gosh. discrimination. You need to get this her is... on some sort of mainstream. Right. News channel. I mean, that's just right. ridiculous. I can't even like you people. That is it's the most disrespectful so I've ever even has nothing to like do with love or kindness. It's so it is evil. It's evil at the core. It's evil. Oh Speaking goodness. of evil, uh, this, you know, the, there's a show called The View and I'm sure everybody's it looks like she's doing the Ozempic. Um, the uh, Sunny Hostin here um, is a pro is a staunch proponent of slavery reparations. She went on PBS to explore her ancestry and then found out she is the descendant of slave owners from Spain. Nuh-uh. Mm -hmm. Oh, this should be good. Why would you do that? Why would she agree to go on PBS and do this? Well, white supremacist here. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm in a little bit in shock. I, I just always thought of myself as Puerto Rican, you know, half Puerto Rican. <laughs> I didn't think I was... Uh, my family was originally from Spain and slaveholders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how are you feeling, my friend? Um, I just, um, I think it's actually pretty interesting that um, my husband and I have shared roots. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate that. Um, and I think it's great for our children mm -hmm. to know this information. Um, I guess it's a fact of life that uh, this is how some people made their living on the backs of others.
Wow. Well, look at that. So what do you do at that point, though? Do you reparate yourself? You Now you owe. No, you don't owe. You're just even. Like, now she doesn't actually get any reparations because, you know, she doesn't have to pay to anybody else. I don't think so. No. I don't think that that's how reparations are supposed to work anyway. I think it's somehow everybody else pays. Uh, always. Always, yeah. All right, so let's break down this case uh, a little bit here. I've got some clips from the, uh, the Supreme Court hearing. Uh, it's kind of a big hearing. Uh, on the uh, Colorado removed Donald Trump from the ballot. <laughs> and it went to the Supreme Court. And it looks like they might rule a 9-0 against Colorado. I mean, even Conchenti Katanji Jackson Brown. Why don't you let me just say her name wrong? Do you want me to pull up the meme? Katanji. She's very contentious. Jumanji. Leah. Jumanji Jackson Brown. Brown Jackson, whatever. Um, <laughs> there's some questions here, and uh, I, I liked... So this, this I'm going to set up this clip. So this is Katenji, Um with uh, Jonathan... Do you know it's a posturing thing to do, by the way? It's a thing that... I didn't know this until, like, I don't know, six or seven years ago. For men to to um to go into a situation and purposefully mispronounce another man's name over and over and over again like it's it's a male dominance thing to actually do that why would you do that that's mean because it's male dominance just that's to completely stupid. ignore how somebody's name is is that is that why trump goes around calls him little joe this and not just no that's that's a joke like to pretend like you know the that person's is a name thing that trump and does, you're though. saying it and you're and you're like somebody's name is michael and you call him matthew well, let's or bring something no but this is what you're doing you're posturing okay did you want to set up the clip again Katenchi. is that it is that was um, your setup no, no, I'm not. I, 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 okay, I'm well, then you said okay, and then I pulled it up. Okay, so she is the Kintenji, Kintanji. <laughs> she is asking Jonathan Mitchell, who is for the, uh, the uh, uh, arguing on behalf of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Well, don't you think that January 6th was an insurrection? And no, he's not, it was not an insurrection. Compromise provision that was enacted in Section 3. All right, and, let me ask you another mm -hmm. question about... Um, the states, because you have forcefully made an argument about the states not being uh, able to enforce Section 3. Mm -hmm. So if we agree with you on that, mm -hmm. um, what happens next? I mean, I thought you also wanted us to end the litigation. Um, so is there a possibility that this case continues in federal court if that's our conclusion? I don't see how it could unless Congress were to enact a statute in response to this court's decision. So your point so, is that it would, we would have to say congressional enacting legislation um, is necessary for either state or federal enforcement? That's correct. All right. Final question. Um, the Colorado Supreme Court concluded that the violent attempts of the petitioner supporters uh, in this case to halt the count uh, on January 6th qualified as an insurrection. Uh, as defined by Section 3, and I read your opening brief to accept uh, that those events counted as an insurrection, um, but then your reply seemed to suggest that they were not. So wh what is your position oh, as to that? We, we never accepted or conceded in our opening brief that this was an insurrection. What we said in our opening brief was President Trump did not engage in any act that can plausibly be characterized as insurrection. All right, so why would this not engage. be an insurrection? What is your argument that it's not? Your reply brief says... 
that it wasn't because I think you say um, it did not involve an organized attempt to overthrow right. the government. So That's one of many reasons. But for an insurrection, there needs to be an organized, concerted effort to overthrow the government of the United States through violence. And this and so riot the point that is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection? No, we didn't concede that it's an effort to overthrow the government either, Justice Jackson. Right? None of these criteria were met. This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. The events were shameful, criminal, violent, all of those things. But it did not qualify as insurrection, as that term is used in Section 3. Good job. They were not trying to... This is like... So when you see a coup, mm-hmm. they're literally with guns, try, and they take over... They're trying to take over the government. Nobody there was trying to take over the government. They weren't even trying to stop what was happening. They everybody wanted to hear what was everybody wanted to hear all of the reasons why um, the states, certain 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 senators and congressmen were objecting to these electors. Right. Everyone wanted to hear it except for Nancy Pelosi and her crew. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't. It's not even the a joke. insurrection. Was what they did. Was they, what they did in 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 trying to stop the evidence from being from presented. being presented. Because I don't know if you guys remember, I was there. Okay, I wasn't mm-hmm. really there, but I I was there. We were we live streaming it this at all very much. That the Democrats Democrats kept filibustering, make, filibustering and making, making all noises? this noise to try to stop the evidence. So that to me, and I still wouldn't call it an insurrection. Talk about but that? they were trying to stop the evidence from being presented. So who did it benefit the most? for January 6th and the chaos that ensued. It benefited Joe Biden, it benefited Nancy Pelosi and the entire Democrat party and every Democrat voter in the United States that voted for Joe Biden and Biden and wanted this this count to go forward. That is who the quote unquote insurrection of January 6th benefited. And anytime you ever look at the perpetrator of a crime and try to find out who is guilty, you look and you see who benefits benefits. the most from this. Mm -hmm. Okay? Nobody that voted for Trump or wanted Trump to be uh, in office benefited from what happened on January 6th. Jacob Chansley, the Buffalo guy, was led around the inside of the Capitol. By the Capitol Police. And then they opened and unlocked and let everyone in. And they walked him in. And then he said, let's pray for them. And I said that. Fed surrection, Jeannie K. says. I said that to some neighbors today. No, you did. And they didn't know that that had happened. You're kidding. I said, you know the guy with the horns. They'd seen the guy with the horns. I said, mm-hmm. did you know the Capitol Police walked him around? One guy said, well, I did see that some poli- police pulled a couple guys aside and unlocked his handcuffs and let him go. Mm-hmm. You see, that's why they had to keep all the body cam footage and the footage in the in the building mm-hmm. uh, secret, right? Uh, because they needed to get ahead. Uh, a lie will get you halfway around the world before the truth will get its boots on. Yep. All right. Here we have Justice Gorsuch spends two minutes talking down to the Colorado lawyer. What's interesting about this is that this Colorado Colorado lawyer was one of Gorsuch's clerks. Oh wow! But he talks down to him. It's very interesting. This is. You know, everybody puts on airs. Mm-hmm. This is great. And then uh, we got in the comment section here, and this is good because I didn't know this. Uh, don't forget this week the trial started for Christian Patriot Gold Star mother Tina Peters. Mm. Um, so thank you for that from, I think that was... Uh, That's in Can- Canada? 
no. Rob Roy. No, Leah, Tina Peters. Oh, she's the Colorado. She's the Colorado. Um, yeah, I was thinking election. The, I was thinking Broad. the lady in Colorado. Right, no. There we go. He speaks about disqualification from holding office. You say he is disqualified from holding office from the moment it happens. Correct, but nevertheless... So, so it, it operates, you say that there's no, no legislation necessary. I thought that was the whole theory of your case. And no procedure necessary. It happens automatically. Well, certainly you need a procedure in order to have any remedy to enforce the disqualification, which is I under, That's a whole separate question. That's the de facto doctrine. It doesn't work here. Okay, put that aside. He's disqualified from the moment. Self-executing. Done. And I would think that a person who would receive a direction from that person, the president, former president, in your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so, because I think, again, the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is the No, de facto, that, that, that doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and, and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside. Okay, I think Justice Lee is asking a very different question, a more pointed one, and more difficult one for you, I understand, but I think it deserves an answer. On your theory, would anything compel a, a lower official to obey an order from, in your view, the former president? I'm imagining a situation where, for example, a former president was you know, a president was elected and they were 25 and they were ineligible to no, hold office, but no, nevertheless they were no, put into that no, office. No, we're talking about Section 3. And please don't change the hypothetical, okay? I'm, please don't change the hypothetical. I know I like doing it too, but please don't do it. Okay? Well, now, the, the point I'm trying to make is He's that, disqualified from the moment he committed an insurrection. Whoever it is, whichever party, it, that, that happens. Boom. It happened. What would compel... And I'm not going to say it again, so just try and answer the question. If you don't have an answer, fair enough, we'll move on. What would compel a lower official to obey an order from that individual? Because ultimately we have, we have statutes and rules. Hmm. I'm, I'm kind of surprised by Justice Kennedy there. I think, I think the reason why he took a more harder stance is probably because of the history between the two of them and that he was getting a little bit um, cheeky. And so that's probably why he decided to push back a little bit harder than I think he otherwise would have. So, Leah, go ahead and let's queue up this next well, clip Well, wait here. on. I just... I, I, if, if I'm going to do it at all, I need to do it right now. Okay. Because I'm, I'm getting it ready. Because you want me to cut off her hanging out chest. Yeah, so give I want to... I mean, if you want to talk about something else, that's fine while I get this edited here. Okay, so I want to make sure that it's not a spoof, but it's real. Um, I was trying to figure that out, too. I mean, it was going, it was making the rounds. I mean, Michael Knowles shared it. Do you think it's a spoof if Michael Knowles shares it? Well, they haven't come out and said that it's a spoof. So you can... It looks... I've watched this. Um, to me, I wondered as well. If so it was what do a spoof, you guys think? Uh, well, hang on. I still have to get it. Leah wants me to cut off something here. So I just, you're going to have to give me a second um, while we just do a little cropping here. Right there. There we go. Oh, wow. Okay. There you go. What do you know? That you're a musician. 
But that's why I'm interviewing you today, so I can get to know you. So I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. What the fuck that mean? Make magic or something? What is musician? I think that's. I think you're confusing that. Yeah, I'm not no musician. I, think, I make music. I make I, music, I, and that's not all I do. I make music. I act. I'm a TV star too. A young mom. Uh-huh. I just really quick. I think you're confusing. I'm not confusing nothing because I, you you don't know. I, you thought that all I was was a magician or whatever the fuck you said. See, that's what I think you think I said. No, I said musician, I not what, magician. I don't think, baby. But I don't think. What I, is that? That's ghetto. I don't think. I know. So you you think? I didn't say magician, Suki. I said musician. And I think you are a musician. No, baby. I do music. So you just really, just really quick. For the record, could you say you don't think you're a musician? I'm not none of that. But then after that, you just said, I do music. Yeah, I do music. So, in other yeah. words, you're a musician. No, I'm not. Okay. What do, what do you- That's it. So, the rapper and reality star sat with a dry humor host. Um, so, we don't know. It, it, nobody came back and said uh, that that was a spoof. Like, they haven't. So, uh, I think that that was real. She's not a musician. But here's the deal. If it wasn't a spoof, Spoof, it's either A, AI, mm. or B, A, they planned it. Mm. It was a planned conversation, which why would this um, black rapper mm. lady girl make herself look stupid? Mm-hmm. Or C, the most believable mm-hmm. is that it's a real conversation. Yeah, it's mo- I think it is. Uh, and this generation is crazy, and I want to bring up uh, this one. This is um, uh, Yaley. If you think that your life is horrible or bad, um, I want you to just take one second and put your um, put your put your life in her shoes for just a minute. Um. So okay, so this is the mom is Abigail. Yaley is the daughter. Yaley had depression in eighth grade. Her mom took her to get help. Mm. Uh, Yaley was convinced by doctors in the school that she was trans. Her mom refused to transition her, so CPS took her. Mm. California transitioned her, and then she committed suicide. Oh, my gosh. I was in eighth grade when I went, talked to the principal, what happened. She was going through depression. I took her to the hospital because on that day uh, she took some pills, overdose. So, so that's how everything started. Went to the doctor. She was fine, but they didn't release my daughter with me. They called CPS. Since that moment, I had uh, CPS at my house. That's when I went to the high school and talked about, you know, her depression, and I was hoping to get help. Instead of that, what they did is send her to LGBTQ group. I didn't know anything about it. So my daughter started, you know, to change. She looked pretty mad, upset, depressed, and then she started to talk about she felt like she was in the wrong body. I'm here, you see a girl, but inside I'm a boy. And I go like, since when? I didn't know that she was going to these groups at school. Nobody so, at the school told you? No. They secretly sent her to these groups. She was not able to sleep. After, you know, going through all this, their depression is worse than what it was before. Why? Because now they are dealing with pain, with medication, going back and forward to the doctor. Surgery is not, it's not just one. They don't tell them that. I thought she was gonna go into therapy first. If you wanna help my daughter, help her inside out. What's in here? Why she's this depression? After the testosterone shot, 
she tried to suicide twice. And then September 4, she decided to knelt in front of a train. And I cried and I said, can I see one of her hands, finger, something? He said, there's nothing that you can really see. Well, I think from heaven, she can see how hard you fought for her. Can I give you a hug? Thank you for being that such a good mom. It's so heartbreaking. That is from a new documentary called The War on Children. You can find that at thewaronchildren.com uh, by Bobby Starbuck and his wife. Wow. I think it's like 13 bucks to watch. I have not watched it. Um, Robbie Starbuck. Um and uh, so you can you can watch that. That's a piece from that that documentary. And uh, they're doing that. Um, I believe what state just made it so that um, you can pull kids from their parents. their parents. There's another state who did this. So here's um, we're going to play a clip here that Patriot Gallery asked us to play earlier today. Mm -hmm. um, I think now would be a good time to go ahead mm -hmm. and roll roll into that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and here's how I'm going to bridge this. That is heartbreaking for that mother. She said something very important that I want all of you guys to wake up to. She said, I didn't know that my daughter was a part of these groups. Oh, yeah. okay. Online, the TikTok groups and the guys, yeah. I have friends who I love to death. Mm -hmm. Their kids have cell phones. Mm hmm. The kids are allowed on TikTok. Oh, my kids aren't allowed on TikTok, but they have a cell phone. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can all but guarantee you, if your child has a cell phone, mm -hmm. they are doing things you would not approve of, mm -hmm. that you have no idea, that you couldn't imagine in a million years that they would be involved in. Flip phone. Flip okay. Phone. Yeah. I don't care how amazing of a parent you are. I don't care how good of a relationship you think that you have with your child. Mm. I was that child. Mm -hmm. And I had an amazing relationship with literally one of the most phenomenal parents on planet Earth. I didn't even have a cell phone. This is 20 some odd years ago. Computers in the living room. Okay. My com our computer was in the living room. Oh, Michelle, we put up, we did it. We had it all in place. And I met two complete strangers when I was 16 years old. And I'm a spirit filled Bible believing, tongue talking, getting other people spirit filled Christian, getting people saved, super on fire for the Lord. And I am meeting strange men in a Christian chat room. In, well, not just Christian chat room. No, these weren't in Christian chat rooms. You said you rooms. met the one in the Christian chat room. No, That's I don't think I so. I said, one, I don't remember where, where I met. I don't even remember where I met one it's of them. It's hard to meet people The online. other one I met on AOL. AOL had a, um, like a, a community board type thing. Okay. It's not, it was not easy to meet so, people online. So actually there's, there was three of them. One I never met in person, but one was a full grown male who I think was Middle Eastern at the time um, in his 30s that I had inappropriate conversations with two I met in person. Okay. Don't, I'm sorry. I am so fed up with these parents. It's not even funny. And I, I'm so sorry for that lady. And please don't get me wrong, 
but I have lived it. And it is worse than naive for you to think that in today's day and age, you know anything about your child. Remember, uh, you know, we had, you know, um, Jason said that, you know, his boys were asked how many people have seen porn, looked at porn and everything. At a youth group. And all uh, at a church youth group and every single boy. I think the youngest had, kid was like 13. All the boys had seen they porn. Had all seen, they had all seen pornography. Okay. And we're not talking about your father's privilege. We're talking about literal Hardcore pornography that will ruin a child for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. And create an addiction. Let me ask you this question. And then we're, we're going to play this clip. And I'm sorry, I'm on a little bit of a rant here. Would you be okay with your child taking a hit of cocaine? Mm -hmm. Would you be okay with your if child? Cocaine came right through the phone. Taking a hit of cocaine. Yeah. If that's a good, thank you for that. Adding that analogy. If your child could get a hit of cocaine straight delivered from their cell phone, but their cell phone was one of the only ways to get it, or their iPad, or their laptop, or whatever, would you allow their child? Would you allow your child to have access to that? Mm. Okay. Because now you have just created a lifelong addict who is going to have trouble with their marriage. They're going to have trouble with their relationships. They're going to have depression. They're going to be tormented. They could be sex trafficked. They could be kidnapped. Like a whole host of things. And I get it, Michelle, I can't just lock my child up in the basement. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. My mom did it. After what happened with me, we got rid of the self, we got rid of the home telephone. We got rid of the internet because my life was worth more to my mom than modern convenience. And I begrudged her and I was upset. Okay. But guys, you can live like the Amish. The Amish do not have to worry about stumbling upon digital hardcore pornography. All right. They do find it in, in the group. What I'm saying yeah, is I'm not in their home on a daily you, basis. Do the very best you can. You leave the rest up to God. But I'm telling you, parents today are not doing the very best that you can. You're not. They don't have time. And you don't, I get it, but that's, you don't get to stand before God and say, but I didn't have time. Okay. You need to make your child and their life a priority. And I don't care if they look stupid with all of their friends because they don't have a cell phone. They shouldn't have those friends anyway. Well, my child needs to be socialized. No, they don't. No, they don't. You and your child, can, it can just be you and your child and they'll be fine. They will be fine. Now I'm going to play this clip. Leah's giving me the looks. I get it. I'm not giving you any looks. But if there's anybody on the planet that gets to speak about this, it's me. Because I lived it and I had literally the greatest mom on the planet. Okay, you guys have seen her, it's Patriot Gallery. And I lived it. And it's only by the grace of God that I'm okay. So maybe your child's gonna be okay by the grace of God. Okay, but some of y'all have reached the point where you're gonna need to do what these parents have done. And you don't even know that you need to do it, but some of y'all need to do it. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna play this. And I don't want to freak a bunch of people out here, but Patriot Gallery was really impressed by this. And uh, so this is some parents setting this up. Parents that are kind of catching their kids and trapping their own children, essentially. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're setting their kids up. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. How can you do this? You're 12 years old. This guy's 20 years old. You could have been murdered. We already lost your mother. What would I do if anything happened to you? Daniel, you're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?
We set up a fake profile on Snapchat and you were stupid enough to go and meet somebody you don't know? You went to meet somebody with schoolwork in a backpack. Yeah, okay, let me see what's in the backpack, Daniel. It's awfully heavy, Daniel, for schoolwork to be... Wine? Daniel, you... You took a bottle of wine from our house, you're 12, to meet a strange person in a park. All of you, what were you thinking? He said that there was candy downstairs. I don't care what he said if there was a million dollars downstairs. Why would you talk to a stranger, number one, go into their house and go into the basement? Help me! Help! What, what the f*** you want to do? Did he tell you don't do this on Facebook? Watch who you're talking to? Don't you know you never know who's in there? Now what do you do if I don't find you anymore? I'm out having dinner. Can we just talk about this? Then what are you doing in here? Why? So that dad actually kidnapped his own kid. I had, I want to hear what Leah has to say about this. Um, she already knows what I want to say about it, but what she has to say about it is valid. In Patriot Gallery, the thoughts on this? Uh, scared the heck out of them. Um, these parents were doing are doing something, anything. Um, when you don't have any other tools, uh, you, you don't have the ability to homeschool. The, the attacks are coming from everywhere. Um, right now, the attacks are coming from everywhere. And, and I do believe that these particular kids are going to remember this. And I believe that there is a good chance that they're not going to go down that road uh, and meet more people. Those online. children will be fine. Yes, um, that's if you here's and so, so what, I don't think that every parent can do it, but I do think you can send it to all parents to let them know. The idea of this video is also to let parents know that um, every pretty much every kid is meeting people on every on child. online. They're talking to strangers, and why are they doing this? Because everybody wants to feel special. Yes. And groomers know how to groom children to make them feel special. And they know yeah. how to say the words to manipulate children. Yeah. Okay. And there are, unfortunately, there are more. When we said, how many was it? How many million children were trafficked? 30. What's on our, what's on our shirt? Uh, 20 million, something like that. It's more than that, though. 30 million or something. I don't know. Um, how, it's like, it's so for every child, there's a trafficker. Yeah. So if there's, you know, three million, three, three, it's three million. That's what it was. I think it's three million. Okay. Um, for every child, let's say there is three million. For every one, let's say that there's, you know, one, you know, let's say there's, one trafficker for every 10 or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, whatever it is, there's hundreds of thousands. Two million. Two million. There's hundreds of thousands of, of predators all over the world. Two million for two million. Thank you, Mom. Um, and they're everywhere and they're and they're and they're hammering your phones and they're hammering your kids and they're hammering the internet. Um, and though and once they find a way in, you can't even you can't even turn them off. Right. If they find a way into your kids and, and your kids get addicted to this attention. So um, that's kind of the end of the show for today. But I, I don't want to I'll, I'll let you talk about it. And then I want to end in uh, prayer and, and, and a good news. And I actually 
I did. I thought this was something interesting, kind of to a, a palate cleanser. We're to, going to, to need a palate cleanser after that. I'm not trying to beat you, parents, over the head because I get it, Michelle. You don't have kids. You don't understand. I was one, so I understand more than you know. Um, I I get it. Like I said, I have lived it. And there was a question that was asked at Bard's Fest by a mom who had a child in their, I think their 20s or something like that. And she was asking about, you know, should I, should I be more, you know, there's some issues. Should I kind of, you know, crack down, whatever, um, and, and be a little bit more firm. If you are providing the housing for your child. But you do have to be careful because we know parents who have been more firm and then those kids never talk to you ever again and they just transition on their own. Yes. They're gone. But, okay. So you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You do have to be led by the Holy Spirit. I don't but you think need there's a to... one-way route on this. That's the that's what Kim Hamilton said at, at Bard's Fest. That's not what I said. I didn't say there was a one. No, there but was essentially one... what Kim so was I saying is... So I people on my, on my brain who were really good parents, okay, we know no, the same thing, but it's the same argument. If you are too hard, then you will push them away and you will lose them. Okay. And I'm not saying that that's not a valid argument, if you're, but you're, but here's the thing that argument, you lose them anyway, too. Okay. This, is, this is the way I view it. This I'm is the way just I view saying, it. If you're going at it and you're in your flesh and you're hard, you're losing. No, I'm not talking but about being in, in your that's flesh. That's what I'm saying. You have to be led by the spirit. Mom did something for you that worked for you. I'm saying you got to get your your own life right with God. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get your kid's life right mm -hmm. until your life is right. But what right. you're talking and about then you've is... you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit on what to do for each one of so, your children. So we're talking about kind of two different things, right? I when can't your tell child, you exactly what to do for I each can, one of your situations. Every situation is different, okay? Your Once your child has gone too far, then that's where you're at. It's difficult to get them back. Mm. I'm, I guess I really, maybe I can only speak to those of you that have younger children. And if, if that's the only person that I can reach with this message, so be it. Pull your kid from public school, no cell phone, very limited friends, only, only literally only friends that you know intimately are like as square as a square square. Okay. Whose parents listen to the Holy Spirit who have literally have children like the daggum Cantrells. Okay, like I, we live in a world that is not normal. And I get it. You want your child to have the same upbringing that you had where you can play out in the street and have all kinds of friends and be just like everybody else and play video games and do all of the things. And I get it. Not everybody can do this. Michelle, it's literally an impossibility for me. Well, then start praying and start praying for God to make a way and open a door for you to shelter your child. Okay, and for you to build a relationship with your child where you are both actively moving and walking and living in Holy Spirit. Okay, because if you don't, then you're going to be the ones that show up at these events, which I don't mind praying for you, parents, and I will stick and stand in with you every day of the week and pray for your children to come back. But every single parent that I have ever prayed for for their child to come back made decisions that allowed their child to go down the path that they ended up going down and they regret it. And they wish that they had done things differently to protect their child from the world, but they were trying to be nice parents and to, be, to give their kids enough freedom so that they didn't seem too controlling. And every single parent that I've ever prayed with 
is like, I wish I had done it differently. And so I'm just saying, I'm not trying to beat you guys over the head, but what I'm saying is you're probably, there's probably more that you could be doing that you're not to protect your children because you think that other people will judge you or your child will, you know, run away or whatever. They may. We're in a, we're, we're in a, we're in a crazy world. And that's why we need you guys to come to the, the damn patch revival, uh, because we need you to be equipped and to watch it and to be equipped with the power and authority from on high. Yeah. Because we don't want you to live in fear. Right. Because God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. But we also don't want to stay in ignorance. Okay. Right. Uh, you we are not. I think that's it, that what I, the be. point I'm trying to make. I think a lot of parents just put their ha- head in the sand and just like, I think it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's uh, probably not going to be okay uh, unless you do something. And we've seen it. And, and, and I've had parents do that. And their kids are, you know, we've had, I have a, a lady who did that with me. Um, her daughter was, you know, sleeping around with, uh, an 18 year old and she was 14. And, and she's like, I just have to believe that God has got her and she's going to be okay. And, um, that young girl is married now and she seems okay, but she's not a Christian and she's not following God. So her soul is not okay. All right. And, um, so you've got a world in which, yeah, not every kid is going to be strung out and, and turn into a drug addict. Uh, but our world is going increasingly in a very bad spiral, and we need the power of God. So where is the, where's the God answer on this? Patriot Gallery says, I lost everything. I quit my job. I would not let her, that's me, out of my sight. I quit paying bills because of the uh, because of the leading of God's Holy Spirit. It was extremely painful, painful mentally. I had perfect credit, and I had worked in the credit card business and collections. It was a very humbling experience. My mom walked away from everything to protect me. And you guys come to me and you're like, how did you, you guys, and we hear it all the time. And it's, I am so humbled that you say this amazing that you guys say these things. How did you guys turn out this so great? Or um, Patriot Gallery must've been really amazing, yada, 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 yada. She did the hardest thing on the planet to protect me. So when I'm speaking, I'm speaking from experience from a mother who did it. So this is what I will say. I don't know your situation and I don't know your children, but I know that it can be done because we as a family did it. It can be done, but we had a support system. Leah had my mom and my mom had Leah and I had enough of a relationship with the Lord and my family that I wanted to do the right thing and I wanted to please them and I wanted to please the Lord. And they were able to facilitate an environment that I would say protected me from myself, and that is partly true, but also protected me from the evils of this world that I was unable to protect myself from. It was not an easy road for years. I'm not saying that it's cakewalk, because it's not. It's hard. It's really hard. But it can be done, and you just may save your child if you do it. All right, Leah, we can do the palate cleanser. These cookies look amazing. I wonder who baked them. What? You live in the 21st century and you see cookies and you still assume there's a baker? Why don't you just think that maybe the milk came out of the fridge, the flour, the chocolate chip, the sugar, the brown sugar, and the eggs just happened that there was an earthquake and all of them fell into this bowl. And after that, there was a thunder that made them all mix. And after that, there was a heat wave that heated up the cookies. And after that, there was a strong wind that pushed the cookies onto this plate. Think, 
thing. But who put the ingredients in the kitchen, though? You're asking too many questions. These cookies look amazing. So that was what AI oh, comes genius. about creation. That's it's just so, so good. you know, just think, just think. What makes you a, and you know what's so interesting about that? Mm. Is these atheists who are scientists think when they're presented with something like that, well, but that's ridiculous mm. because, you know, Cookies are not, you know, mm -hmm. cookies are pretty. That's a pretty complex thing to, to make a cookie. Do you know that this, the science behind creating a living human being with the eye, mm -hmm. what goes into the eye is, look, I don't have the numbers there because I'm not that smart, is ridiculous mm -hmm. for us to, to have vision. Yeah. Okay? And and so they, they, they cookies, I actually... I could almost believe that that, that, that happened with those cookies mm. in comparison to the human eye, reproduction, the cells, the genome, all of that. The cookies, mm. meh. Maybe nobody put the ingredients in the kitchen. Maybe an earthquake did assemble those cookies. Maybe. I, I, I find that a million times more believable. One uh, last thing I wanted to show you guys, um, 30 Illinois schools, not one single student can read at grade level mm. in 30 Illinois schools. And the, and the, and the cost per kid in most of these, most of these schools, uh, 17,000, 17,013, 23,000, 21,000, 15,000 per child. And in 30 schools, not one child can read oh my gosh. at grade level. Oh my gosh. Not one kid. Oh man. This the schools have failed. They've utterly they've utterly and completely failed. That's and surprising. um you know, we were talking about this with um um Leah and Abigail and um uh Leah was talking about a teacher who had asked the class, "Would you rather rape a baby or blow up a school?" Bomb a school. And that teacher was fired, and she was so disturbed by that. And we were talking about whether, you know, the the, the take the schools back well, you can't take something back that's not yours. That's good. Uh, the schools aren't ours. Public schools weren't instituted by Christians or patriots mm -hmm. or anybody who is being led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Schooling and education is a good thing. But public schooling was created by atheists who wanted to um, make children atheists. And, and then Rockefeller, Carnegie, and Ford took them all, took them all over and took them and made workers. And so we've got, we are part, it's not just we have a generation, we are part of that generation. We are those people. Um, are you leaving me? No, I've got to go get these packages you promised me to open. Oh, okay. So we've got some into, yeah, into the show packages. Did you want to come on and say some stuff about school? Okay. There's just two, they're just up. Matt, did you bring down a package? Uh, yep, yep one's down here. No, I just say that the public schools, it's not a matter of reforming them when they're created in the beginning by people trying to emulate godless people in Europe. Yes, absolutely. In the, you know, German-speaking areas or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, why do you think they call it kindergarten? You know? Yeah. It's like kinder, kind is child, and kinder is like children. And it's based on German. And garten is... Is garden, you know, this isn't like 
It's too complicated so Child far. Child garden. You know, I can figure it out. Anybody can figure it out. And and yeah, it's like, yeah, this, it's this Garden of Eden for children. It's going to be this amazing place where nope. you're going to get indoctrinated and they're going to bring up nonsense scenarios that no one should be bringing up anyway. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. No, we follow God. We're not considering any of those things. No, that's good. Prussia that's, is that's stupid. It, it, John you know? Dewey went over to Prussia and, and he found a very malleable populace of children who were easily controlled. They're basically And they brought it back to America. They're basically globalists. So you know they're you know, people that worship so let's do anything this, uh, other than God. You know, they're Satanists, just people wanting to get filled with the world and mm-hmm. then sort of the problem with public schools and our society in general is it's not child abuse to think, wow, you know, our grandparents or great-grandparents or, you know, some of these young kids, maybe it's a great-great-grandparents or whatever, like, they didn't grow up with all this modern stuff. Mm-hmm. and But somehow, nowadays, we just take it as it's like child abuse to not have these things, and it's just, I don't know. To me, it's like when the American dream becomes an American nightmare, mm-hmm. when it's like you're literally... You think this is American dream, and we need all this stuff, and we need to acquire wealth, and mm-hmm. we need to fill ourselves with everything the world has to offer. And it's we kind of lose that innocence and that basic walk with God of like, hey, we're citizens of heaven. We live out of heaven now, and heaven's more of our home than this earth. That's how all the Christians throughout history that you read about. They're, if they live for Christ, that's great. And if they're to die for the gospel, no one necessarily wants that, but it's not the end of the world either. So this is um, from Jeff's wife, Dawn, who's saying old enough to remember at Bart's Fest. We met them. Oh, wow. So can you repeat that back into the mic? This is from Jeff's wife, Dawn, who's saying old enough to remember at Bard's Fest. So it's... Are you coming in, Michelle? I probably can. Yeah. Hi, Leah and Michelle. These are two two feed sack tote bags for each of you. I made them. Here we go. Watch this. Here's Matt. Look at it. There you are on camera. So we have a ton of these feed sets. Oh my gosh, those are so nice. With their little tote bags. The little handles. Oh my gosh, she that's so cool. Don, I love it. I love it. Oh that's my gosh, awesome. that's so cool. She raises the chicken. So these, this is a. Oh, this will get used. Definitely. This will get used. Reusable. I love it. Oh, that's so cool. When you have these bags, why throw them why? away? Why? I know, because they're solid. They're, they're really solid. Really and then solid. you go to the store and you buy. Because that's the, the bizarre thing about modern culture. It's like yes. we have high-quality oh, bags. Thank you, Don. That could just be used, but they're going to go to the landfill and sit there for a couple yeah. hundred years. But yes. And then, then you too. go to another store, and then you think, well, I need to buy their recyclable bags. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, okay, why are we doing this? We're not going to need these ear things again, right? No. Taking them off. All right. This is from Stacy, John and Stacy. They're uh, our healing ministry Arizona team. Now. No, they're in um, Cabo. Oh, they went to Mexico? Yes, they were given a gift to Cabo. Wow. I guess I shouldn't be giving away their location, but I doubt anybody's going to go and find them. That's amazing. I didn't know they were given a gift. I missed that part. Yeah, you, I guess you haven't finished that, Marco Polo. Life is crammed with things to take care of, and still you made time to show you care. Uh, this that is, means everything, thanks. That's that what means, the card yeah. says. 
This is just a sweet treat for you both for a true thankful for Christmas gifts that you all filled us with. Uh, we have enjoyed and used the tooth polished and deodorant. I made that this year. Uh, and we have uh, switched from, made the switch from Crest. I'll need your <laughs> recipes so they can make some more. Uh, they've made their reservations for Old School Survivor Boot Camp, and you guys need to, too. Yes. Um, they also plan on attending Neil Peterson's church for the April 8th, 2024 woo-hoo, solar woo-hoo. Eclip. eclipse. And, th- and that's what you guys need to see. We are just talking about you need to be there. Um, we were just talking about who, who might come. It's going to be a revival, solar clip revival on April 8th. And it'll be a Bards Fest, so and, uh, all of Bards Nation is invited. So I hear that she made this. Okay. So. Oh, wow. beef tallow lotion. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Oh, it smells awesome. Oh, wow. Let, Let me, me try it, Matt. Let me try it. Here's, here's the. Hang on, oh, Stacy. Oh, wow. Whoa, that's nice. It smells awesome, too. What is that? Oh, it does smell awesome. It smells like awesome. a lemon pie. Yes. And it feels like one, too. Thank you, Stacey. Like, that, is that is so amazing. nice. We don't have, we didn't do yeah. any beef tallow. It's like really whipped. That is. That is some whipped. It she feels made it like, like icing. Doesn't it feel like icing? Well, that's I was. nice, Stacey. I wasn't thinking icing. I was thinking not that heavy. That's of awesome, Stacey. Spackling, whatever that you used it to. It does look to, like that. feel like spackling. To patch your walls with, but that stuff that's more. Let's use it airy, on the cuticles that here. Lighter weight stuff. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Okay. Stowaway sweets, marblehead chocolatier. <gasps> look at it. It's got a Mayflower or something. It on does it. look like it's got a little ship on it. Oh, uh, now you did it. Okay. What in the what? oh chocolate covered potato chips? So wait a minute, John and Stacy, you don't do things like that. Oh my gosh, chocolate covered pretzels. Your health nuts. What wait are you a minute, doing? what have you done? These um, um caramels. Wait, and wait. there's a box of chocolates. Oh, there's box of chocolates. Okay, wait, wait, that wait. looks. Fancy. I'm opening up these chocolate covered tater chips. I know Lee, I was gonna fast for the revival tomorrow after sundown, but I, now they sent chocolate covered, and the Lord would have me eat it. Who would? Now I want. Oh wow! See, this is like fancy. So they have a boardwalk like Plymouth does in uh, mm. Marblehead. Wow, Matt. these are fancy. Matt wants oh, to try the could chocolate. You well, that's a big step for him. It really just tastes like crunchy chocolate. Oh! <gasps> no, you don't! Oh! You can smell it. Let me smell I can smell the East Coast from here. Oh! 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 I can smell it. Oh, these are like little... <gasps> I know what this is going to be crunchy. It's really, really good. Now I can see how some people might, like coffee and might think of those two as not going together, like the, the salty chips with the chocolate, but it actually works out well, you know. But you know, I blend up all kinds of stuff in my shakes and put stuff together that isn't chocolate covered tater chips. Here, try something else. Let's see. They actually have this fancy little card that tells you what's in it. We hope you enjoy this delicious collection. Oh, I'm enjoying it. Hand dip to order. Stowaway Sweets, situated by the sea in historic Marblehead, Massachusetts, has been a New England tradition shared by the White House, 
Buckingham Palace and in Hollywood since 1929. Okay. Radical Chick says, I love chocolate-covered pretzels and potato chips. I've never had a chocolate-covered potato chips, and I love potato chips. I bought some CBD oil from Organic Body Essentials, and I'm so excited. So, do you know who else has ordered from Organic Body Essentials? Who? John and Stacy, who sent this stuff. Yeah, they have. So y'all need to be ordering from Organic Body Essentials. Organic Body Essentials. Lee, I got some in my mouth. Mm. Tell them about it. You've got... Uh, Tell them about it. I'm, I'm taking a picture of the goodies here. Um, yeah, so... Listen, guys, I, whenever I have a pain, which is not often, by the way. I feel um, the pain. I will go to uh, the yeah, yeah, CBD yeah. oil. It's, it, uh, to me, it's expensive, okay? But it's not compared to um, other CBDs. And for the amount of, um, what is it, terpenes that she puts in there, I'm they're so strong and they're so intense that in 24 hours, if I've got like a back pain or something like that, it's gone in 24 hours. And so if you have people that you love, if you need, if you ever need, you think to yourself, I really just need a pain, pain medication right now. I suggest you get it to have it on hand and, um, and you'll have it when you need it. Yes. I do recommend that. I also, yeah. Go the ahead. highest quality, um, federally allowed terpenes. Yep. Right there. They're having a Valentine's day sale, which what is our, our percentage off? 10. So it says 14% off. Oh, wow. There you so go. I don't know. I, I have to wait for this to run back over. So here, let's see what the Valentine's Day says. So oh, it's organicbodyessentials.com. Discount applied. Ends 214 at midnight. 14% off. So organicbodyessentials.com. Organicbodyessentials.com. You can use promo code RC there. So let me bring the Matt Cam back here and we'll, we'll finish off tonight's show. Mm-hmm. Matt, did you have any other thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say that we've used that stuff for quite a while. I mean, with your dog Jasper, she was having some health mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. With like, you know, bad hips and stuff and kind of a bad back, you know, you'd put that stuff on her. And it wasn't this brand. It was like, you know. The, it wasn't even as good of a quality as no, this. Oh, no. It's like, you know, some of those like essential oils that are the carrier uh, oils. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, some sort of like used motor oil or something, and they put like a little and even that stuff over right. the top. How much more of these? Okay, yeah. so John and Stacy, thank you. Mm. Don, thank you. Say hi to Jeff. We will see you guys um, tomorrow night. We'll be live streaming the Dan Patch revival. Matt will be there with us. Abigail, Leah, and her mom, of course, Tag and Becky, possibly and probably Pastor Devonese, and who knows who else is going to be there, but. If you need to touch or move, God, I want you. I want to see you there at the Dan Patch Revival. ResistanceChicks.com has all the information. You click on the show and event calendar. We've got a lot of things coming up. Speaking of Pastor Devonese, we're going to be going to be doing a homesteading day with her um, just outside of Dayton, Ohio, February 24th. So you guys can register and sign up for that. And then, of course, we have the April 8th event. Not sure what we're going to be doing in March, but we do have three birthdays that month. We've got Leah's on the 11th. We've got Patriot Galleries on the 23rd, and we have Matt's on the 27th. So March is our birthday month, so no, who knows what's going to be happening in March. But then in April, we have the April 8th uh, revival, the Total Solar Eclipse Bards Fest revival. And then in May, May 17th through the 19th, we have Old School Survival Boot Camp. So go to resistancechicks.com. 
and click on the link there and you can use promo code rchicks to save 35 percent the tickets go up in price by ten dollars at the end of every month so if you're thinking about coming think about coming this february mm. uh, before we get to march so that you can get february's pricing on that yeah um, but we're gonna be doing three classes it's the largest home setting and prepper conference in the midwest so it's a phenomenal thing we've done it this will be our third year very excited about that so we got a lot coming up and who knows what else but remember it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth we love you god loves you god bless and we will see you on sunday for our Probably world news program the, in the evening let's we'll switch the world news program to like what seven eight o'clock seven o'clock when we get back it's like a I don't know when we're going to be back. Hopefully. Do you want to just skip it? No, sometimes I got a show. Okay. So we have a Sunday show, but it won't be until the evening. It'll be in the evening sometime. Stay tuned. All right. We'll see you guys next time right here from resistancechicks.com.